Greetings, listeners, and welcome aboard Costume Station Zero. I'm Bob Mitch, and today I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Miss Hannah Black. Hello. We are going to be discussing uh, conventions, masquerades, and all manner of costumes from recreation to original design. So, uh, how did you get started in costuming? Oh, wow. <laughs> Big general question to start it all off, right? Right. Okay, so definitely my mom, actually. Mm. My mom has been working in costuming at for the Disney Walt Disney Company since 1971. Wow. Yeah, uh, she's awesome. And so... Ever since we were little youngins, we would always be spoiled by the really awesome uh, Halloween costumes that she would make. You know, we, I didn't even know you could buy Halloween costumes for a very long time. You know, when I was a kid, I thought oh, every, everyone just okay. everyone just made them. You know, gotcha. Uh, so, yeah, I always I've always had that I guess that high standard of costuminess in my brain. And then we we uh, all attain, attend church, mm-hmm. and during Christmas time and Easter time, they do all the costumes for that. Mm-hmm. And I always loved what she did at Disney, and I thought, I want to do that, too. So once I was actually old enough, I'm in college and everything like that, I ended up um, getting an internship at Disney, and now I work there. Oh, Super okay. exciting. Also mm-hmm. in costuming, so yay. It wasn't nepotism, I swear. <laughs> I wasn't saying anything, but great. You, know? <laughs> you were thinking it. You no, were thinking no, it. No, really. um, yeah, but and then before that, uh, I discovered cosplay just online. I mean, I think it was 2002 is when I first discovered Yaya Han, mm-hmm. back when she was still like AngelicStar.net. I'm kind of a hipster when it comes to wow. famous cosplayers. Yeah, no, you, you were on that bandwagon early. I didn't know about her till maybe three years ago. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the, she, the, she was just one of the big ones. I mean, mm-hmm. there are a lot of other ones, too, that I discovered, and I found out that cosplay was a thing, mm-hmm. and I found out that I, for a long time I thought Comic-Con was the only really big thing, because I think even... 2002, 2003, that was the biggest one, I think, that was most highly publicized, that kind of thing. And yeah. it wasn't until, and I was still a teenager at that point, it wasn't until 2006 when my sister and I finally got to go, and we ended up doing the whole cosplay thing. My mom, uh, in the beginning, made my costumes for us, mm-hmm. all, for all of us, because mm-hmm. she was a great sewer. Once I learned how to sew, I started making my own, obviously. But mm-hmm. my very first costume ever was... A Jedi, um, no Jedi in particular, really. It's kind of just a generic Jedi. Really generic. Mm. I didn't even have the belt, no, no lightsaber, mm. no nothing. Uh, really heavy canvas in July yeah, with yeah, yeah. boots, and yeah, yeah. Mm. that was my very first cosplay experience. So that was. Uh, and it was it was a good experience. I wouldn't say that. Oh. I, mean, I mean, yeah, I was probably having a lot of fun at the mm. time. I oh. don't quite remember. This was a long. It was eight or nine years ago, whatever. Okay. Uh, well, but, if you're not remembering anything, but bad, it, but it was really hot. I remember that. Heat. Beyond yeah. the heat. Oh, beyond the heat. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It was fun for me, definitely. And mm. I had my hair up in a bun, and I would kind of like look at myself in the mirror, like, yeah, that's me, like <laughs> <laughs> a good Jedi. Right. <laughs> so, mm. that's that. Yeah, and it's just, I guess um, I keep doing hand motions. I realize people can't actually see them. I'll make it, a point. It's, it snowballed from there. Yes. There we go. I'll make a point if it's relevant, but it's okay. I think Thanks. I think they didn't miss any points there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Jedi, yep. 2006, you said. 2007. 2006 was my first Comic-Con that I didn't cosplay at all. Mm-hmm. The next year when I went back, I thought, okay, I have to have a costume for this because everyone else has costumes. I really want to do that kind of a thing. So mm-hmm. that was my first year cosplaying. Okay. Yes. All right. So, so that was the gateway drug. Yes. Mm-hmm. And at this point, are you um, are you still kind of in the thinking of I'm going to recreate type of characters from universes I like? Or are you thinking, oh, now I wanted to do something totally original? Um, well, I like doing original design, but it's usually based off of something mm-hmm. that people that both I'm a fan of and things that other people recognize. Mm-hmm. I sort of got that idea when I started doing all the masquerades and competing because I realized that. 
when I first started, there were always original Doctor Who cosplays, and, you know, I won things, and people seemed to like it, it was really cool, and even now they still do, but I, I find that masquerading is, or costume competitions, depending on what you want to call them, mm-hmm. it's a good medium between what you want to make and what you think people want to see, just so that you're not just... So you think that there are people that compete in a masquerade that are there kind of just pleasing themselves, they're not kind of thinking what's going to go over well with the crowd, or are you thinking too much the other way? Um... Probably the former, but I'm not going to say it's a bad thing necessarily because I mostly do it just for myself because I think it's a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun making friends backstage, seeing what other people come up with, how they made them, making something for myself, being on stage. I get such a rush from that. It's a lot of fun. It's a a blast. But for me personally, I want to do something that at least I think the crowd might like. Right. You know, if nothing else, just something like a some kind of reveal on stage or something really big kind of mm-hmm. looking. I, I last year, um, WonderCon 14 mm-hmm. was the year we, my friend Alex and I, we made these uh, C-3PO and R2-D2 dresses mm-hmm. that, you know, walking around the hall, people thought, oh yeah, they're really cute. They're a lot of fun. But on stage, they, you know, they didn't really quite, I don't think they really registered. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something that I learned from that con thinking, okay, now I need, I need to come up with something that really reads on stage. And also I think, what a lot of really good acts have have some kind of reveal factor to their costume. Mm-hmm. So, you mean uh, or like something in the, that the costume does not necessarily in terms of like anything too crazy, but no. you're, you're revealing an extra major detail of the costume, or do you mean in terms of the presentation that oh here's the setup and then the costume is revealed mid presentation? What do you what do you mean? It could be both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, for me personally, because I don't. I'm not very good at, you know, fabricating things, building things that can actually move by themselves, transform, Mm -hmm. nothing, I I don't even really do presentations because I'm more of a solo act because I can't coordinate with that many people. But uh, my Finn Doctor costume Mm -hmm. that I made, which is a Victorian version of the Tenth Doctor. Kind of a Mary Poppins meets Ten, really. Mary Poppins is Edwardian. Just I'm so just you know. saying that I see those lines. I <laughs> no, see a parasol. You're, you're definitely and... not the first person to think yes. that. So don't, yeah, don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the the idea was Victorian. Um, I know a lot of people thought I was I was Clara in the uh, Christmas special with that Victorian outfit oh. that she has. It's sort of a similar idea mm-hmm. with the with the pleated um, shoot. What's that called? The something that you put over a bustle. It's like a pleated drapey back. Let's call it that. Okay. <laughs> the pleated drapey back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have that, yeah, that giant parasol that was uh, painted to be like a Tartarus by my awesome friend Janelle because I'm a terrible painter. Okay. I don't, I, I sew things. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me to paint things. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm a terrible painter. All so, right. uh, so when I was on stage with that costume, I showed off my dress and I guess pretty, pretty dress, flew around, whatever, and then halfway, not even halfway through, a few, sec- few seconds in, you kind of open up your parasol to, mm-hmm. review, to reveal, oh, this giant TARDIS, and then that's sort of a cool factor for, for an audience to see. Mm-hmm. What I just did at WonderCon this year was um, a smog costume, which, not a dragon at all. Right. It, it, it's, because I, I, again, I can't do, like, heads, tails, mm-hmm. nothing, I can't do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's more of a, I guess the closest thing you can compare it to is a Tudor era. Okay. So it's a pretty full skirt with like the cartridge pleats in the back, that kind of thing, with mm. a nice fitted bodice, uh, sweetheart neckline. Um, the sleeves, because Smog in the in the Hobbit films, his his wings and his arms are all one piece. It's not like he has wings on his back with separate arms, and like some mm. dragons are often depicted to be. 
So I had just sort of a Cersei Lannister type kimono type sleeves mm. that looked like wings. Right. So I kind of had my my arms up during the the skit to say, "Oh, hey, here are my wings." As soon as Smog, my my um, audio recording right. said, "My wings are hurricanes," that mm. kind of a thing. Right. I could do it a lot better than that, but I'm in mid conversation. So. It's okay. <laughs> Just ask anybody I live with. I can do Benedict Cumberbatch really, really well. <laughs> That's a strange <laughs> skill, but all right, good to know. Um, and um, the the skirt is uh, so it had an overskirt and an underskirt. So the front panels of the overskirt was lined with this gold sequin, and the mm-hmm. underskirt was also a gold sequin. So I can open up the front of the skirt to reveal my treasure. Mm, Says you right. know, smog has a treasure underneath. Yep, yep. Uh, one thing that uh, a critique I got afterward is that I did have an Arkenstone hidden in there, but it was like a 20 millimeter crystal AB, mm-hmm. which is probably better for for hall cosplay right. because it's 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 small in scale to the rest of the treasure, and you really have to find it to really look. Mm-hmm. But I think on stage it didn't really register, so people kind of saw one giant blob of gold. Right. right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so that was sort of my my idea for that sort of reveal factor, I guess, for that costume. Maybe you should have had, like, a, a larger um, art, you know, stone to put it onto the dress that would only go on just for the masquerade, and you can take it off for the hall, so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, retrospectively, that's probably what I would do. So, oh, okay. if I end up doing it for Comic-Con, we'll mm-hmm. see. I haven't heard back yet. So, oh. yeah, <laughs> we'll you know, I, I've never competed in Masquerade. Uh, I came close in 05, and ever since then, I, I backed away because, um... My understanding, and you can correct me since you've done it, mm-hmm. uh, is that it sucks up a lot of your Saturday. Well, oh, I thought you were going to keep going. Sorry. Uh, I will. Uh, um, and then, well, no, no. Go, go. Uh, I was just going to say that and the uh, the rule that you can't wear that costume until Sunday. Uh, yeah. Masquerade night and Sunday. Yes, yes. correct. So that, that part's true. Mm-hmm. Sunday, it really, sorry, Saturday, it really, really depends. Mm-hmm. Um because you can't wear it around, you can't get dressed in your hotel room and walk over. I mean, God forbid you actually get a hotel in downtown yeah, San yeah. Diego anyway. Mm-hmm. But they do have a giant dressing room, and you, so you have to figure out getting dressed back there, including hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. I know some people had hair and makeup already done you know, while they came in. I think that's acceptable. Mm-hmm. But the call time is pretty standard. I mean, it's 6, it's six o'clock, mm-hmm. and the show's at 8.30. Mm-hmm. So if you have plans Saturday night, yeah, definitely you're not going to, it's mm-hmm. not going to happen until midnight probably because mm-hmm. once the show's done and judging's done and everything like that, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, another competition I've done at Comic-Con, though, that definitely is a huge commitment was the, the Her Universe fashion show, mm-hmm. which was really awesome. I had a blast doing it, but it's it's definitely very different from anything I've ever done before because it wasn't, a, it's not a costume contest. Right, right. It's, a, it's a fashion, right. it's a couture fashion uh, mm-hmm. design contest where you pick something, anything actually that's celebrated at Comic-Con and yeah, the sky's the limit with that. I mean, <laughs> right, you can right. do anything at Comic-Con. Um, and so that was a Wednesday rehearsal day and then basically the call time wasn't until like the afternoon, I think, but mm-hmm. then I spent the day just taking my time waking up, getting food, getting my hair done, getting my makeup done. And mm. then by the time I got there, it was already 2 o'clock. And then I realized, oh, I didn't make it to the con on Thursday at all. So it, it's it's a commitment, but it's something mm. I really enjoy doing. So is uh, Where's that held, by the way? That's at the Hyatt. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, like two buildings? Yeah, no, over. I know. I, I was just curious. Cause I yeah. didn't think it was actually in the convention center. It's not. Yeah, yeah they, you, I think you need to have a badge actually to be in the audience for mm. it. But it's, yeah, it's a... 
offsite event. Offsite event, mm-hmm. yeah. All those offsite events I never get to. I pass them. Like, oh, that's cool. I'm gonna get back to that, and then I never do. We should go this year. Yeah, We're doing the Hurry Show again this year. All right, no, yeah. I know. I literally, I'm thinking if I ever don't get a badge at Comic Con, this that'll be the year. I'm like, screw Comic Con. I'm just gonna go to all the offsite stuff. And well, I don't have that. a badge this year, so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, unless I get into the masquerade, then maybe I. Well, I hope. But mm-hmm. now, how does that work? Like, when do they let you know that you're in the masquerade? Um, Martin usually lets you know like it's you know it's all volunteer based so obviously I'm not expecting them to get back to me immediately but right. so like there's usually like a couple weeks or so mm-hmm. turnaround but um I should I should put an asterisk uh, next to what I just said that you can get in if you don't have a ticket uh, to the mask uh, sorry so if you don't have a comic con ticket mm-hmm. you can get one for a Saturday to compete in the masquerade but you have to have at least been in the masquerade once since I think like 2012 or something like that so I think they do that so that they know they have people who can seriously participate hmm. and they don't just throw crap together <laughs> to be in the masquerade. True. So I'm sure a lot of people have tried it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. How, um, but then, okay, let's say it is your first year ma- uh, being in the masquerade. Mm-hmm. How do you get in then? Um, you know what I'm saying? Well, if you, well, if you already have a, if you already like, have a badge, it helps obviously. But if you yes. Don't, if you don't, then you can't, you can't. Yeah. Hmm. So that's how that works. But, uh-huh. Yeah, applying for it's really easy. Just go on the website, fill mm. a little PDF file. Mm. Yep, yep. Yeah, there you go. So, right. yeah, WonderCon and ComicCon are run by the same people. Mm-hmm. They're they're great. Mm-hmm. Um, and WonderCon's a bit more chill because a it's WonderCon. It's yeah. not ComicCon. It's anything sure. other than ComicCon is gonna be yeah. more you know more relaxed. Mm-hmm. And so they let you wear your costume beforehand. During, That's and, good. Yeah, they they say they may, maybe we shouldn't recommend it because you want it to be a surprise for the mm-hmm. audience, but. You work so hard on it. You yeah. want to be able to, yeah. I think the only costume I ever competed at Comic Con was that Femme Doctor costume, which I wore everywhere else already. Right. You know, at, at different. It, it, right. They don't care if you wear it to other conventions, uh-huh. and you can compete at WonderCon. You can mm-hmm. still come back at yeah that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I made it solely for the Comic Con masquerade, mm-hmm. I'd be kind of disappointed if I could only wear it on Sunday. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I get, I definitely get the hesitation with that. Yeah. Um, hmm. Also, I'm well aware that certain masquerades um, require, as you say, uh, it's better to think what's going to not only read on stage, what's going to get the crowd behind you, what's what's going to have a wow factor. I, I remember talking about this to... Oh, I can't remember their names. Um, basically, the, the people running the masquerade at WonderCon, my first WonderCon, which was in 12, the first one in Anaheim. Yeah, it would have been Martin and that whole crew, I think. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it was directly Martin. Maybe it was one of the other one people. Of, one of his right yeah. hands, yeah. And uh, and we were discussing it, and I I just mentioned that, oh, I, I don't really do that because I don't like that rule. And I was dressed as the fourth doctor, and they said, well, your costume's great, and you could certainly enter that, but it is definitely better for hall cosplay than for the masquerade, unless it was a group of doctors. And I said, well, I've done that. But even then, I know it's, like, by now it's been done. Yeah. And it's like, to me, I look at the ones that really win, and I go, man, they go all out. Like, they yeah. have crazy stuff. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, you can't just have, like, yeah, sure, it's an awesome piece, and you've well casted it, and it's super accurate or whatever. That alone won't necessarily win you the prize. It's mm-hmm. got to be... You know, yeah. two eleven as they say in Spinal Tap. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, the other thing that you mentioned, the whole winning the prize thing, mm-hmm. I try really hard not to think of it as what's going to win me something. Right. You know, because if you do, I feel like if you do it just to win, mm-hmm. what are you really doing? I mean, I would, I would have quit years ago right. if I did it just to win. Right. You know, yeah, I win something sometimes, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's, it feels great, and mm-hmm. you, you get shiny trophies, you mm-hmm. get money sometimes, it's, mm-hmm. you get swag bags. It's, yep. it's really cool, but. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's still a it's still a good a good thing experience to have, and you get 
if nothing else, like you get a, a free photo shoot with a bunch of photographers and against a nice backdrop. That's true. And they'll post their stuff on Flickr and say, mm-hmm. yeah, just fine. Just t- yeah, you, you can take your pictures to tag. Just credit me, no problem. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's always fun. And again, I had a lot of um, fun making friends. There's one girl, uh, Jackie, who I think I've seen few years in a row now she she also basically just does WonderCon and comic-con uh, masquerades and well I'll, I'll tell you a great story about her okay. <laughs> I, I had her buzzing to tell the story because i said i'm actually doing a podcast we might be doing talking about masquerades can i tell them the story because it's really good mm-hmm. so um as you may or may not know I, I work in live entertainment and ever since this one incident in comic-con 2013 masquerade happened i will never say break a leg to anyone ever again because okay. she was on, she was going on stage right before me, mm-hmm. and so I said, "Okay, break a leg, have fun." And so while she's on stage, I'm on deck, kind of just you know, gearing up, getting my brain in the zone, not kind of, not really paying attention to what's happening on stage. Mm-hmm. So I go on stage, do my whole routine, go off, and then afterwards they take you to the the press area where they do all the whole photo shoots for right. each costume. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm in line, and I notice she's not there, mm-hmm. and then. So it's my turn to go up, and the uh, one of the handlers just goes, okay, number so-and-so, uh, something happened with her, this is number so-and-so, the femme doctor. And then I went up and did my shoot, and I thought, well, that's, that's odd. Mm-hmm. I get back to the green room afterwards. There she is on a chair. There's a medic. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, one of the stage managers, he just goes, Hannah, did you tell that girl to break a leg? And I yeah, what happened? Mm-hmm. She sprained her ankle on stage. What? I, during, during her routine. So it was like a dance routine? I, I, I guess. No, you know, she had a bow staff, so I mm-hmm. think she was doing some kind of martial arts, oh, that okay. kind of thing. But okay. I just went, and she had the, the oh, it was so bad. I felt so bad. And, yeah. and then, then I saw her the next day, mm-hmm. and she was up and walking around. And then I think what happened, I think she ended up just rolling her ankle, mm-hmm. which isn't nearly as bad. Mm-hmm. But I think at the time it was swollen. <laughs> People yeah. were freaking out. I just mm-hmm. went. So, uh, yeah, that's why I never told anybody to break a leg. Because <laughs> my words are, have curses. Oh, okay. Well, good to know. Good to know. <laughs> I'll just say, have fun. Because mm-hmm. that way you'll actually have fun, right? Indeed. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, so so what is your, your take then on Masquerade versus Hall Cosplay? Do you have a preference? Do you just say, oh, I'll just do both? or? What do you mean? As opposed to like how things are judged, how things are worn? What do you mean? Well, obviously you're talking a bit about the philosophy of what you would do one versus the other. Which do you prefer? I just, oh, I just do both. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want to do a costume solely for a competition mm-hmm. and not knowing that I couldn't really wear it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So each costume that I make, there's at least, there's some form of practicality in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I laugh sort of when I say that because I realized the most recent costume I made for the WonderCon Masquerade this year, uh, I probably spent about 30 minutes on the exhibit floor on it, and the hem is just really long. It, it, it didn't work. So I, it, I probably couldn't really wear it around the hall anymore. But it's a, it's a fun costume, but I always try to figure out a way to make that work. And even the, the Her Universe design I made last year, mm-hmm. it was very, very specific for that show because it's a couture fashion design based off of, in my case, it was Queen Amidala. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up wearing it to Kamikaze, I think, afterwards, just because there wasn't really any costume I felt right. like wearing. I thought, okay, I'll wear that. And people still got it. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, I can still wear this around. And if nothing else, it's a pretty dress. Yeah. So I thought, mm-hmm. okay, I'll wear it around. So, yeah, I, I think that Masquerade, it's definitely someone who 
you gotta ha- you have to have that that mindset. You have to be able to be comfortable on stage. You gotta be able to turn off your inhibitions and just become that character. I think that's really really important, and just to have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that's not fun. I feel like a lot of, for a lot of people that would be really nerve wracking, and that's fine. So I think that a lot of people do do hall cosplay for that reason. And it's not to say that you would get less attention if you only do it in the hall and not the masquerade, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I know, like, for instance, I mean, Yaya Han doesn't do masquerades anymore. Like, how much attention she gets, that kind of a thing. And, you know, and, I mean, even famous cosplayers aside, really spectacular costumes, people will notice, mm-hmm. and it gets around. And, you know, you get, you get one guy from Entertainment Weekly at, at Comic-Con take your picture, and then suddenly you're mm-hmm. all over the Internet, you know? So it's... it's true. And, you're ne- and you never do a masquerade. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know when we did our, our TARDIS Girl costumes... We never competed those ever, and I know those are probably what we're still best known for just because, you know, Facebook and people saying, hey, and Doctor Who meetups and people seeing each other and that yeah. kind of thing, so. All right, so so tell me about the, the TARDIS girls, and I know you didn't make up the name, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know who did. <laughs> how and when did that start? That was 2011. Mm-hmm. We wanted to do Doctor Who cosplay. Myself, my best friend Emily, and my sister Caitlin. Mm-hmm. We were, we're the original group. The we, original. We, well, we have a lot of friends who go in and out just because we, again, it's, it's fun for us. We don't, mm-hmm. It's not like we're like a tight gang or anything. Sure. Uh, we really wanted to cosplay Doctor Who, but we thought, well, we can't really do a doctor. We can't really do any of the companions because it's kind of just street clothes. We really want to do a costume costume. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we also, uh, screen accuracy is just really intimidating for all of us, I think. So we thought, let's do it. <laughs> No, no, no. No, you you want you want to say something to that? No, no, no please, I, please. I, no, we've, we've discussed. I just I just think it's uh, it's interesting how uh, it's great to it, it's great to shoot for it, but mm-hmm. I think it also is a unnecessary barrier for some people, and uh, it shouldn't it shouldn't stop you from doing it. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think if if I were to do it, I would always just kind of just because of my own self esteem issues, I'd always compare myself to people who are really super screen accurate. The only screen accurate piece I have is uh, Clara's 50th anniversary dress only because it was available, it was affordable, and it was a cute dress I can just wear around wherever. So that's why I got yeah. it. So, But anyway, uh, back to TARDIS Girls. Yeah. So, so we got the idea to just make dressy versions of the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did one, Caitlin, did, I did one that... I don't even know what it ended up being. My initial idea was something kind of Victorian, sort of steampunk, sort of in that area, and it ended up being neither one of those things. Mm-hmm. But it still looked cute, I thought. And then Emily did a, a Regency TARDIS with the full-on bonnet and everything like that. And then my sister did more of a, a 50s take on it with, you know, nice uh, hoop skirt, not, uh, sorry, petticoat underneath. Mm-hmm. Um when we first approached it, we wanted to, we definitely wanted to stylize the whole police public call box somehow on there, and same thing with the window panes, mm-hmm. and not make it so literal, I guess, because mm-hmm. I think as as we made uh, other tire dresses in the years that followed, I noticed that less is kind of more. I think if you try to get the St. John emblem, plus the pull to open, plus, all, plus the light, plus the window panes, plus the police public box, you know, it's just... So your garment can only be so big. Right. So it gets it gets kind of crowded. You know, the TARDIS is much bigger than a human being. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, I shouldn't say we, it definitely was not me. We, uh, Emily mostly, uh-huh. we got some uh, black satin ribbon, and then we made just, uh, keep saying we, I'm sorry. I don't want to get yelled at later. <laughs> so oh, sure. uh, I'm giving credit where credit's due. Uh, made, just made a cardstock uh, stencil for police co- public call box and just made our own print, just 
painted on, moved down from the painted on, painted mm-hmm. on, painted on, and we and it ended up being really, really great ribbon. I remember a lot of people asking us, you know, how we, where we got it printed, but he, printing can never be this vivid, you know, just black satin ribbon with white paint on top of it. So mm-hmm. we ended up all having that incorporated somewhere on us. Plus, we all had some kind of hat we realized was sort of important, even yeah. though none of us actually had a light on top of us. I think mine was a 99 cent store uh, kitchen timer for the just the, the zero to 60 right, yeah. part, and then mm-hmm. some um, unfolded uh, paper clips mm-hmm. and some crinoline on a headband. Ah, uh, good old crinoline. And my mom and my mom made it for me because I wasn't gonna have a headband because we I think we we're going down to Comic Con. My mom said, "No, you have to have something on your head. It, is, it completes the outfit." And that's yeah, I still have it. It's the cutest thing ever. I love it. And then awesome. yeah, so that was that was gen, that was Gen One, mm-hmm. I guess if you will. And that was uh, that was the first year we ever did Doctor Who cosplay. That was the year that they did that BBC America did all that um, all those fan interviews. Yeah, and they and now they use that footage for everything even now. So. We're kind of immortalized. Awesome. <laughs> and yeah, and that's, yeah, those costumes are great. That's how I met my boyfriend, actually. Uh, yeah, because of the TARDIS dress or because of the <laughs> Because of the TARDIS dresses, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. He was, he was uh, dressed as the 11th Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was actually the day I was in my Kaylin M. Nell costume from Legend of the Seeker, which is syndicated fantasy television at its best, just mm-hmm. so you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but um, the other girls were in their TARDIS dresses and they kind of stopped to take pictures and that's so he said, "Oh, hey, you're cool. That's awesome." And his sister was there too, in her imperial imperial uh, costume. And then I guess we kept running into him at uh, the BBC America booth. And then I kid you not, we ran into him in the mass exodus of Hall H after the Doctor Who panel. Mm-hmm. And then we ran into him again at the Doctor Who uh, photo meetup afterwards. Um, that was the year we did that huge thing on the staircase, if you yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then that's just I think after that we said, "Hey, we, you're pretty cool. We keep running into you. Let's add each other on Facebook." And mm-hmm. there you go. And one thing leads to another. And one thing leads to another. Mm-hmm. And now we've been dating for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I realized that was 2011. No, 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 no. no we, we, were fri- we were friends for ah. uh, many years. And mm-hmm. then uh, it wasn't until about a year and a half ago we actually started dating, dating. Because he lives in Chicago, so it's like a long distance thing. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, people. In, I, and, we had, and I have other friends who, uh, who've met at Comic-Con who now live long distance because they live in completely different parts of the world. Comic-Con, man. It happens. It, no, I'm, I'm sure it does. No, I, 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 you figure, you know. Yeah. You all have the, the common interests. You wear your interests on your sleeve, literally, in many cases. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or your entire body, in this case. Yeah, in that case, yes. So, I, I get, that's what you meant when you said literally, but mm-hmm. I just thought to, I'd add. To yeah, that. it's all right. Uh, no, it works. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that, uh, yeah, that was the year, um, you're right, because I remember doing those interviews that year. It's weird how you pegged the year, like, oh, yeah, it was that year, because they sort of blur. Um, I think 2011 was the big... BBC America Presence year for Doctor Who, and that was the that was yeah. a huge year. Yeah. No, it's weird. Oh nine was the first time they had like a significant panel because Tennant was there. Yeah. And then he didn't do any signing, which I thought was always a bit strange. I always wonder what was up with that. And then yeah, you're right. Eleven seemed like the big year that they did have some kind of panel in ten, but uh, but eleven was the big year that they, they really mm-hmm. had like the stars there and mm-hmm. they were really pushing it. And then. Last year was the first year they've had, like, nothing. Yeah, they and really I, didn't at all. And I think that was, like, punishment for the leak, I guess, the year before. I don't know. I Yeah, I don't even know if it actually did leak. All I know is that Moffat at one point was saying, if any of this ends up on the internet, we're never doing this ever again. And, yeah. yeah. That was the panel that I missed, because it was just too ridiculous. Because <laughs> that, that was the 50th year, if you remember. So. Yeah, yeah. It could it could have been, like, a, I don't know, could have been a schedule thing. I know they planned that whole tour, but they didn't even include... They always do those tours, and when America, it's like, oh, it's New York. And I'm like... No love for LA. Thanks. Well, guys. it's a lot. It's a lot closer to mm-hmm. England. Mm-hmm. To be fair, 
still. Come on. But uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they come back this year. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I really liked the 50th uh, event that they did that year. That was yeah. in the place where uh, Nerd HQ <clears throat> used to be. Oh, right, right. I heard about this. I didn't go, but yeah. Yeah, and they, yeah, it was it was a cluster of very creditedness, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, wall-to-wall people, we were kind of standing by the window just because there was like, no ventilation yeah. in there. And people were up in the stage, and mm-hmm. but we, we stayed at the back with the uh, $2 margaritas and the free food. So mm-hmm. it was good times. No, no, it sounded like a really cool yeah. event. Yeah. It's weird to think that Doctor Who's at this level now where there can be events and, you know, it feels like Paul H and all that kind of stuff. Certainly at Comic-Con, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I, anywhere else, who knows? I know they had they had their big panel at WonderCon. 2011 was the last year they had it uh, up in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you went to that, but yeah. they had a comic... <laughs> nope. Doctor Who panel there, yep. and that was that was the year they did uh, Impo- Impossible Astronaut. Mm-hmm. So Mark Shepard was there. I think... Um, Come on, Hannah. Neil Gaiman was there. Mm-hmm. It was probably Chris Hardwick moderating because he moderates all those things. Mm-hmm. So we've got a really, really cool collector's T-shirt mm-hmm. that I still have. So Did they do a screening at that that year? They didn't do a screening. They just oh. had some sneak clip mm-hmm. previewsness, that kind of thing. And then I, they... I... They had the um, they had the the first five minutes of the Doctor's wife, mm-hmm. or rather the first five minutes after they landed that planet, right. mm-hmm. not just the stuff that takes place in the TARDIS because that part didn't. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but the uh, I, I do remember in thirteen WonderCon that they did the screening of Bells of Saint John. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a lot of fun mm-hmm. to watch it in a big crowd of fans. That might influence why I like that episode so much. Um, but, what was uh, more fun was the Fempe Tales panel beforehand. Oh my God, the Fempe Tales panel. <laughs> Forgot all about that. You and, and, about that. and how it was basically just the Doctor Who fan panel because they knew that's what everybody was there for. Yeah, yeah. And now and then everybody just left when they said in their new show or from Black. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? And now it's a huge phenomenon. Whatever. Yeah, I still, a, I still haven't watched it. <laughs> it's a solid show. I. Yeah. It's not. I don't have a love for it like Doctor Who for obvious reasons, but. Um, yeah. You know, you're right. At the time, you're like, well, yeah, whatever. And I mm-hmm. it, because I think it's like. We had stuff to do, didn't we? And so we, we yeah, we wanted to go have dinner or mm. go to Trader Sam's or one of those things. And yeah. I think we ended up at CPK. That yes, that was a good night. It was a good night. Yeah, because I think we couldn't get into Trader Sam's. It was really really busy. So it was spring break, I think. Mm-hmm. We thought this late. I don't know. Yeah. WonderCon this year, we thought it out. We just went at noon on the on Friday. At noon to Trader Sam's. Yeah, and yeah, there was smart. and there was no one there. Yeah, it was great. I'll bear that in mind if I ever say I because I've never actually been in there to have a drink. I've like walked through the patio, but yeah. I've never actually. Well, well, WonderCon this year, we just had our early check-in at like 8 a.m. Because mm-hmm. I knew, I know if you get there early enough and they have extra rooms, they'll let you ride in and you don't have to wait until 3 o'clock, which is a bummer if you have to wait that long. I've had to mm-hmm. do it before. So mm-hmm. we got in, um, and we just fell asleep for a little while. And mm-hmm. then Reg didn't open until 10.30. You see everybody lining out in the hot sun. I thought, mm-hmm. yeah, nope. And then I'm going to sit in my hotel room. And then noon, that's when the exhibit hall finally opened, and there's just mass of people going in there and we thought yeah you know no let's go get lunch let's go to Trader Sam's mm-hmm. so smart yeah very smart but now, but now everyone listening has heard this so now they all know our secrets so damn it <laughs> I, I can edit it at your request <laughs> I, I got my Earl of Sandwich in early too so that's uh, I didn't make it there at all this year you didn't make it <sighs> I go there after work all the freaking time I forget so. you work there see for me yeah. it's like a special thing I don't get to go down there that much it's so. magical mm-hmm. so good yes great sandwiches yeah and that Earl's tea mmm Oh yeah, with the the Earl Grey lemonade. With the yeah, oh yeah, mm. I've had that. Yeah, it's good times. Yeah, let's go. I'm getting okay. hungry now for Earl sandwich. Which there was uh yeah. 
Yeah. I'm not, I'm not mad I, after we have our roll of sandwich. I'm pretty sure it's the only one they have in California. It's the one down there. You there? I'm pretty sure. You're probably I know, right, because the other one I've been to was in Vegas. So. Yeah, and there's, I think there's one in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I know because they, they don't have nutritional information. Because legally they don't have to. Because I think you have to have at least 10 establishments in the state of California in order to have to be mandatory to have mandatory nutritional facts. Okay. So, because one time I was asking about it, because I really want to know what's in a sandwich if I keep getting them all the time, and they said, "Well, we're still we're, that's still in the process. We're 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 developing that, and they might have it now. This was a little while back, mm-hmm. but I usually just get the grilled cheese, the little kid size one, yeah. because it's in tomato soup. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I, I'm I don't even think I want to know because it's probably not going to be good, but. I mean, in terms of, you know, being low-cal, but uh, it's kind of like what happened with, and this is a tangent that's probably going out, but... No, no, it's great. This the, is Costume Station Zero. It's really re- it's relevant. <laughs> it's re- <laughs> Right. So the, uh, the Quiznos, the way Quiznos used to be with the giant, like, hoagie sandwiches. Yeah, that's and, their main thing, I think, at Earl. Yeah, and I, I was, and I, so that's why I liked it. Now I know that then the calorie thing, calorie police came in, and now their sandwiches are, like, tiny and kind of bleh. They're... You know they're edible to get you through a lunch, but they're not what they—they're not the glory they used to be. So I would worry that a real sandwich fell into the same bus that their sandwiches would just not be as good. But you have to remember it is on Dis- like Disneyland yeah. property, mm-hmm. so I feel like people on vacation would always just go all out. You know, Disney, yeah. Disney World used to have the pizza burger, which was—it was a burger instead of buns, two pizzas. Two. Pizza. So I, I see. So it's like two slices of pizza. No, no, like two like mini like two like mini like pizzas. like single uh, size pizzas. pizzas. I assume the cheese is all facing into the burger, so you have like a kind of a bun. I believe when I saw it on the Travel Channel, mm-hmm. the cheese was on the outside just so that it looked better. Okay. But that really is not. Uh, that would be. It's not safe, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine it have to be like a like a pizza roll with a burger in there, kind of. But like, yeah. Like like a, like a burger calzone. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Burger calzone. Yeah, I don't know. I don't eat mammals. So that seems that seems like a oh okay. It seems like a it seems like a good way to go. I don't know. What talking about costumes? Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm just, now, I'm just, now I'm just hungry. I'm just like okay. all right. Mm. Yeah, I just had strawberry shortcake for dinner. So yeah, real healthy. It was actually strawberry pound cake. You know, like mm-hmm. Costco pound cake. Mm, oh, no. so good. Yeah. Yeah, go for that. Okay. You can only buy it three loaves at a time, so it's kind of dangerous. But why is that? Because it's Costco. Oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Can you buy one? Cake. Can you buy one of anything, at Costco? Oh uh, yeah, it's pretty rare. Or if it is one, it's the equivalent of four because it's a giant bag. But yeah. anyway. Alrighty. So, um, how how where how did the TARDIS dress evolve into Lee, the uh, the cigarette girl looking dress that you had on last year? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, I did it this year too. I say last or last con. Sorry. Oh yeah. Last. Okay. Um, that started off as so Captain America USO girls. Mm-hmm. Really love that costume, and one thing I will say about that, also with the uh, Elizabeth from Bioshock, mm-hmm. it's one costume that's really popular. You see it on everyone, and it looks good on everybody. I guess it's just it's just the style, it's mm-hmm. the cut, mm-hmm. it's just a really flattering dress. And I just I like halter dresses. And I thought Captain America was really cute, but mm-hmm. then I I really wanted to join the. Um, there's a group for it on Facebook. It's completely spacing me out right now. It's not called USO because obviously that's the name of a real organization, but I wanted to make a TARDIS version of it just mm-hmm. because that's what I do. Sure. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, instead of having the, um, red and white pleated skirt, it's, it's black and blue with the blue bodice. And then 
but traditionally they have the stars on their lapel. Mm-hmm. I did the the windows, window panes, kind right. of kind of just out of uh, fun foam, and then the I, the helmet because I, I I suck at millinery, so I didn't want to try making the cute um, hat that they had. Mm-hmm. The, they, in the movie, they also have helmets when they go on tour. Mm-hmm. So I just went to the Army Surplus store and then just sanded it down, painted it uh, blue, and then Emily, once again, because I'm really bad at hand-painting things, just painted the police public call box for me. And then I got a Union Jack instead of a, a instead of an American flag, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can go around cons saluting to the Union Jack, right, right. That, that whole thing. So yeah. that's... And everybody got it. It was a lot of fun. But then I realized the dress itself was pretty versatile. If you mm-hmm. recall, I made it my, uh, the show, uh, what do we even call that from Big Hubowski, the showgirl. Uh, yeah, because the, they, were, they were the bowling girls. The bowling girls, yeah. yeah. Tardis bowling girl, I guess. The Tardis bowling girl, yeah. yeah. So I, I I still have only used that hat for that one thing, actually. I keep meaning to bring it out, but it's just, it's just giant plumes, so it's yeah. hard to mm-hmm. move around. So I, I use it for that, and mm-hmm. then, um, and I have different uh, lengths of black gloves to dress it up in different um, for different things. I have upper length. I have the uh, I don't know what it's called when it goes to the middle of your forearm, but I have that length, mm-hmm. and then I have just the upper length. So, right. So back to the cigarette girl mm-hmm. idea came about when it was my very first year of going to Galley, mm-hmm. and I knew that ribbons were a thing. I didn't really want to do ribbons just because I thought, well, I don't want to have to go through trouble of you know going online and ordering them and figuring out something clever to put on them. Mm-hmm. The, the ribbons are, I mean, they're fun, but God, it's like they, it's gotten to the point where even I'm like, I need a break from the ribbons. We, we were doing ribbons up until the year before uh, this last Cali, uh-huh. and I think I just went. I, I don't, aside from the fun of doing it, it's an extra fun social thing to do. And if you love collecting ribbons, that's great. But for me, it was like, I was also trying to use it as a way to like promote our show or, mm-hmm. you know, promote the podcast or something. And I don't know if it really works for that. And um, because you can also hand out so much without spending a lot of money yeah. and ordering thousands. Oh, yeah. So um, it just reached a point where. I just sort of went, I, I need to give this a break and just admire everyone else's ribbons, basically. Well, yeah, people take ribbons yeah. so seriously anyway. It's, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's fun for a lot, but sometimes I get, do you have ribbons to, ha- do you have ribbons to trade? I, yeah. Oh, I don't. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, and walk away. I was like, yeah. oh, all right, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I thought it'd be more fun for, for my first galley just to give out candy instead. Mm-hmm. So, that, or I think my first idea was baked goods, but I thought, no, too much effort. So, just go to Costco and get those giant, like, $20 things, uh, fun sized chocolates. Mm-hmm. Plus some moon pies, plus some gummy bears. Have some, have some variety. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to have a tray, like a cigarette girl mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And so um, Emily's dad, she's my best friend. I realize I've mentioned that in the very beginning of the podcast, but just in case people are just mm-hmm. tuning in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't like a broadcast TV show. Like, I'm going to skip to well, this well, minute of the podcast. Well, I realize I, I might have just like brushed by that at the very beginning, so I thought I'd just recap. Yeah. Um, her dad's a, a woodworker, so I made this really, right. really nice. Like the, the wood is curved around where my waist goes. It's a really nice wood mm-hmm. tray. And her sister painted the, uh, what's it called? The Van Gogh Pandorica opening exploding TARDIS. Oh, yeah, yeah. The that, paint, yeah. that thing. Mm-hmm. It's painted on the, the base of it. And I thought, okay, well, let's put some candy in there and go around. It'll be a lot of fun. I have, uh, I again changed my hat to be more of like more like a cigarette kind of girl. Mm-hmm. And it was the week of galley, um, probably a few days before or something like that. Myself, the other Tartars girls, plus Erica and Alana. We went to Islands and got margaritas, mm-hmm. and while sort of buzz on margaritas running around through Target, we thought, would it be funny if we had one giant ribbon on there explaining 
why I'm not giving out ribbons, but instead of giving out chocolate, and mm-hmm. we just thought a giant ribbon that says because ribbons aren't delicious. Uh, I like it. Yeah. So now that's and so now it's it's been a huge hit. That's probably like my most popular costume, and I can only do it at Galley because for obvious reasons it's a small hotel con, and you can always just go up and down da- up and down the elevator to refill your stock. Right, right. Wouldn't really work in a convention center, really. So uh, unless you I had a about, really well worked out supply chain or something. Y- yeah, 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 and so. Oh, that, and so many people of all fandoms, and so, again, just so many people, they'd be mm-hmm. gone in an instant, so, yeah. at least at, at, at Galley, people are really polite, and they talk to you, and they ask you for some, so many people think I'm selling them, I'm not, mm-hmm. uh, this year I made, like, eight dollars in donations, or tips, rather, and, right. and they're from, I think, Alec and Malachi, because nice. they just took so many, I guess they felt bad, mm-hmm. I thought, guys, you don't give tips for ribbons, do you? Exactly, so yeah. that's why I thought it's sort of the same kind of thing. So mm. I have a lot of fun doing it. It makes people so happy. Sure. And then middle of the year, random person who I don't even recognize. It actually just happened at the, at, at the WonderCon masquerade. Mm. One of the girls, I think she won Best Original Design this year. She goes, were you the girl giving out candy at Gallifrey this year? And I thought, <laughs> yeah, mm. I'm famous nice. <laughs> for, for just giving people candy. No, I don't know your name, but you gave me food one time. Well, you know, at a con, it's, it's funny, you know, you, you get into a calorie deficit and you, you start, and then if it's right there and you don't have to go and pay and, and go to a, whatever, oh, yeah. Champions or something. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, no right. Champions, God. Yeah, no. exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's nice, definitely. Go, oh my God, there's actual food. That's why I end up eating half my jelly babies when I'm four, and I do my best to kind of like portion them so other people can have them, but, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I, I've been pretty good about staying away from just eating the candy in front of me. Mm-hmm. It's really, really hard. Mm-hmm. But I generally, I only do it in the evening mm-hmm. when I know I've eaten something and I'm, I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. So that's that's Helps. sort of how I safeguard it. And then mm-hmm. usually by Saturday night was when I want to get rid of it all, and that's when I just start throwing it at people. Okay. I just like people are in on the patio around tables here. Just throw it there because I'm just I want to get rid of it all because I always there. I always think oh I really got to ration it out because mm-hmm. I really want it to last the whole weekend mm-hmm. and then by the end I. Of course, have way too much extra. So. Right, it's a fun costume for me. It's the it's the interactive costume, if you will. Th- those are always good to have. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, I want to back up for a second. Did you ever do costuming for Halloween as a child? Yeah. And when you did it for Halloween, you're saying it was something that your mom made for you. Usually, Usually. yes. Uh, when I was a kid, because I didn't really, I didn't uh, learn how to sew until I was a teenager, really, mm-hmm. just because I didn't really have the patience for it as a kid. And what, if my mom kept making it for me, why would I even bother? Am I right? So and I would have my mom make me all these mm-hmm. costumes, usually from simplicity patterns. She wouldn't like draft everything from scratch. I think mm-hmm. that ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But my very first costume that I ever made on my own actually was a Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. So and that was Suki from uh, Avatar: the Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Kyoshi Warrior, yeah. Right, and you were, um, so you never ever did the the Ben Cooper costumes. You never did the, or the Ruby's costumes. The what? Those are the big brands that you buy in the store. No. Okay. I'm just checking. No, no. Um, I know they have, those had names. I just say those things that come in bags, I can't stand them. Okay. Well, you know. I take of... costumes really seriously, mm-hmm. both leisurely and professionally. Okay. So I just, you know. I it, it's There's nothing wrong with it. People who want to do it, I get that you only want to dress up once a year and you don't want to spend a lot of money. I get that. That's perfectly fine, but mm-hmm. I just, I can't do it. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. Can't, okay. Crush Panay can't do it. Uh, don't even get me started on Crush Panay. Oh my God. Okay. I hate it. What, what is your favorite material to work with? Oh, it's so much fun to have my least favorite, though. You can, you can do that, too. <laughs> my least favorite is Crush Panay. I can't stand it. <laughs> um, uh, it's like the really cheap Crush Velvet. 
if you know, yeah, you yeah, get yeah. it from Joanne's, that kind of thing, or crush, uh, your, or costume satin, all those really cheapy materials. I can't, I can't stand them. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Dupioni. Uh, silk Dupioni is harder to work with just because it's silk. Mm-hmm. Poly Dupioni is really, really beautiful. It, mm-hmm. It's a really high quality kind of thing. It, polyester's come so far since the 1960s, 1970s, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think it has a really great hand. It falls nicely. It still has a nice. You can see the nice green in it, and the colors. Especially, it's really easy to have a a, a cross weave in it, mm-hmm. so it has a two tone. So I, that's what I made my my smog and my amadala actually is a red dupioni that's both um, with a black cross weave. So from certain angles, it'll look like a maroon, but but then sometimes you take a picture. Oh no, it's like a bright red. Not so much like mm-hmm. like is the dress blue or gold kind of effect, mm-hmm. but it's it sort of has a bit of a sheen and it adds a little bit more interest to it. I yeah, think. sure. Kind of yeah. well, kind of like how uh, velvet can do kind of the same thing sometimes. It, but velvet with velvet, it's it's that's more because it has a nap. Mm-hmm. Uh, with this, it's more just the actual grains themselves yeah, right. changing colors. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm referring to how the nap can be one color and the base can be a different color. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's there's. I velvet, yeah, it's okay. It's fine. I don't work with it too much. <laughs> no third doctor for me. <laughs> no, I I worked with velvet when I started making my can can version of the eighth doctor that I never ended up finishing just because I wasn't really a fan of how it was turning out. I just don't like it. So because we it was Gallifrey last year. I think they were trying to do a huge group of the can can version of all. 11 doctors at the time. Wow, okay. Or 12 doctors. Do- doesn't matter. Yeah, the, all those doctors, mm-hmm. and I ended up just, I don't know, it's too much time, too much effort, just didn't, never ended up finishing it. But the it had a bolero that mm-hmm. was the that green velvet. Right, was, right, right. Is it is it supposed to be green? I don't know. Yes. Okay, I wasn't sure. Yes. I thought, oh no, did I just offend him? No, it is definitely green. <laughs> okay. God, the green velvet that, that always haunts me. Um... <laughs> Anyway, um, I guess you never really ran into that, so I'm going to skip that question. Um, what? Screen accuracy? No. Uh, <laughs> common misidentification you've ever gotten for a character. Oh, Mary Poppins. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> he says as a mallet just hit him invisibly. Um, let's see. <laughs> so out of all the conventions you've gone to, what's your favorite? WonderCon. WonderCon? Yeah. I think it's it's has enough multimedia, multi-interest kind of thing to still keep it really interesting for all three days. There's so much stuff to do, you still can't even really do everything. Mm-hmm. But it's not freaking Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. So you still there's still lots of stuff to do. There's even I think they're even starting to branch out to the off-site events, really. <clears throat> I haven't really started doing any of them yet, but mm-hmm. I see some... Uh, some um, advertisements on Twitter and stuff. I think uh, this year they did something at the bowling alley at the Garden Walk. Mm-hmm. I know one year they did a big event at the movie theater that's at the, also at the Garden Walk. Mm-hmm. It's a really fancy bowling alley, by the way. Oh, I had wow. an office party there once. Oh, my God, so fancy. Hmm. It's really nice. I park there all the time to go to that con, but I never actually go in there beyond oh, the restaurants. So. Yeah, because it's basically just a restaurant mm-hmm. entertainment kind of place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, WonderCon. And also I think the Masquerade is the most fun there because it, it's run by those people who really, really know their stuff mm-hmm. and... Not to say that others don't. I just I don't know because I don't really do that many huge deal masquerades. Mm-hmm. Uh, big production, I should probably say. I mean, it's the casual costume contest is pretty easy to throw as far, mm-hmm. but you know, the big giant stage thing is a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, but with Comic Con, I think there's a lot of pressure because so many people have the huge skits and they quite literally probably spend the entire year, if not more more than that, or they're just really good at making things fast on their costumes. Mm-hmm. You know, they had the most elaborate elaborate not just costumes but set pieces and all this stuff and it's just it's really intimidating so mm-hmm. so 
yeah, I measure things by the masquerades now. That's that's where I've, that's where I've gone. Sure, sure. <laughs> I actually like that uh, amphitheater that they have. Yeah, the, uh, the masquerade in at WonderCon. I'm gonna miss it. The probably. arena. The yeah. Arena. Yeah, I like it too. I'm I'm curious what they're gonna do it in L. A. Yeah. I'm just obsessed with L. A. Yeah, I know. Because yeah. I, I was digging Anaheim. I, I liked you know the vibe down there. You can have, you could stop over at Disneyland, do my Earl of Sandwich, and do your Trader yeah, Sam's. Trader Sam's. Park at the Garden Walk. Yeah, it all feels those like a mini vacation for three days. I it, like that. It does. It's mm-hmm. nice. And with with L. A. I'm already kind of complaining because the nice thing about WonderCon is we can always get the hotel room. The hotel is has maybe like a 20-foot walkway separating mm. from the convention center, mm. whereas I think the closest one would probably be JW, which would probably end up being their post hotel, mm-hmm. which is you have to like pass Staples Center, pass the LA Live, and then finally you get to mm-hmm. where they, and so if I have a huge costume that's hot and I kind of just want to be in my hotel or in the convention center, never in between, mm. that's going to be rough. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm not, except for the fact that it'll be closer, I'm not a huge fan of it going to LA. Yeah, it's probably, the hotels are probably more expensive too because it's downtown LA. Yeah. And you think about, you think about parking, I mean, yeah, it's LA Live, and so I'm sure they're built for lots of, excuse me, lots and lots of parking spots. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's a subway stop right there. Mm-hmm. So that could be kind of cool. Yeah, I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. just drive out. I live in the Valley, so drive out mm-hmm. to North Hollywood and just go from there. True. But then True. it's public transit and a cosplay, which is always hilarious. Yeah, so. right, right. <laughs> I can I can see that. I, I, I have many stories from friends in uh, England who always take public transport to go to their cons. and mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember doing that, too, a little bit when I was there. And uh, it's weird how some people, like are excited other people or give you the weird look and other people just don't seem to care you're you know they're oblivious so. yeah i know i i'm i i really wanted to try doing a c2e2 this year it just mm-hmm. ha- didn't really happen for me mm-hmm. which is in chicago and where my boyfriend lives which is why i really, really wanted to go because it'd be really easy to just crash right. with him and then he goes every year anyway are but you he, do, sorry go on no yeah but he he usually takes the l over the l is mm-hmm. what they call the Elevated. Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> sometimes people don't know. Like no, no, I, I say, I, I say Bart, and people don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, I really wanted to try experiencing that because that would have been my first time. I think being in the mm-hmm. in, in a public transit like a train kind of thing. We didn't do cosplay. Did we? No. Yeah. When, yeah. Up in uh, WonderCon when it was still in San Francisco, we, mm-hmm. our hotel was right next door, so we never had to do public transit mm-hmm. through there. But. Would have been nice. Would have been awesome having my giant like smog petticoat walking around. I don't know if I would trust human beings to like not touch and yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it'd, be, it'd be kind of weird. Yeah, you need some uh, sherpas, as Vicky likes to call them. Sherpas. Yeah, the handlers. I call I call them hosts just because mm-hmm. of where I work. We call oh, them, right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, the, this year when I did my my smog with the giant, um, just really really low hemline and just big petticoat mm-hmm. I had four girls making like a square around me trying to walk out of the hotel room I felt like Queen Amadala. it was so cool it was I, I so see awesome it. I see it <laughs> yeah um, alright so so WonderCon um, yeah. do you uh, do you have a so then conversely what what's your um, I guess least favorite event I don't know. If I have a least favorite, I just would stop going to it. That's true. So, <laughs> so you're like, oh yeah, that con I went to back in '06. I don't go to anymore. Not um, Comic Con, obviously. But. Um, what do I? Oh, oh, I know. AX didn't like it. Yeah. No, I maybe anime cons just aren't for me. Uh, I tried AX. I tried ALA. Mm-hmm. They were fun. The day I went, I had a lot of fun doing it. And there's obviously a much, much bigger cosplay scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, much very different cosplay scene, actually. I, I found. Um, but I don't know. I guess 
I guess the 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 variety of the booths, since I'm not really into anime, I'm mostly mm-hmm. into cosplay, which is why I go to the you know, those kinds of cons in the first place, sure. and seeing my friends, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. You know, there really wasn't that much for me to look at that I was really that interested in. Plus, all these cosplays were really really cool, but what are you even from? Because right. <laughs> I don't watch any anime. Right, right. Well, that and, and the other thing I noticed with with anime cons is that there's a much bigger Competition on a hall level than mm-hmm. there is at multi fandom cons. Mm-hmm. That might just be my, me, but maybe just because I think uh, all the photographers and filmographers tend to uh, flock more towards the anime conventions and people are trying to get all the attention of all the fancy cameras. That's kind of what my experience was. Maybe. I was kind of, you know, kind of observing that. Mm-hmm. And you have the people with the giant costumes who maybe they just stay in the main lobby area solely because. They have a giant costume. Yeah. They can't go anywhere else. Right, right. But it seemed like that's where all the cameras were, and they were kind of just standing there, just doing their like pose, pose. Someone's doing a three sixty shot of me. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, all right. It's cool when it happens. Yeah. I've been, you know, I've been seeing VZ four. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But if you just stand out there, your entire con is just mm-hmm. getting attention for your yeah. costume. Really? Yeah, that's. I guess that's how you get cosplay famous. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I see it. I do. Um, yeah. I, I like some anime, but not to the point that I think I would be that excited to go to an anime con. Aside from just, oh, I got a ticket for free for a day, and I can just check it out. Sure. Yeah. But, well, yeah. yeah. And now, and now, uh, well, not this year because uh, LOJ Labyrinth of Jareth is mm. moving to uh, August because it's usually the same weekend as AX. So uh, I kind of stopped going doing AX. I thought I don't want to do AX. Go home, change, go back out to LA to do Labyrinth of Jareth in a completely different costume, mm-hmm. be completely exhausted, and then mm-hmm. just and Labyrinth of Jareth is much more my scene. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a pretty cool thing. I think we've been once or twice. Yeah, I saw you yeah. guys there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were you were the fourth Doctor, and Terry was something that I didn't recognize, but it was that silver thing. That silver thing. <laughs> Please uh, elaborate. Uh, do you mean the Mavellan? Is that what you're talking about? I don't know what it's called. <laughs> it had the long, like, silver hair with, like, the with the, the glow sticks in the, in yeah, the yeah, sleeve. Yeah, the Mavellan. Yeah, that. Yeah. That's, that's cool costume. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Everyone likes it, even though most people don't know it, but, yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, and that's the thing. I don't have a specific costume for that. I just try to pick, well, what's a doctor-y costume that sort of fits in here? And, and that's what's fun about LOJ, I thought, mm-hmm. is because, I think because it's not really a traditional con, mm-hmm. you don't feel so pressured to have a cosplay really ready for it. Mm-hmm. I have because I have a lot of I shouldn't say me. It's kind of like a family collection we've accumulated over the years of just mm-hmm. like yard sale ball gowns and mm-hmm. weird pieces you find at thrift stores. I try throwing together pieces from that and just making a costume out of that, and, no. and and that way it works. And I just think, well, whatever. It's just like a nighttime event. Who cares? Yeah, I'm not too pressured to look really awesome for this. Yeah, and it's one of those things. I think I probably have more fun looking at what everyone's wearing. Yeah, because you think of. Um, uh, Firefly Path, who is this costume designer who does commissions for these ridiculous, ridiculous fantasy costumes. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you, I look at her her portfolio on Facebook and online, but then half her portfolio is just walking around there. Mm-hmm. And you can see all the details, all the mm-hmm. small notions and trends that she used. Oh, I love it so much. It's so good. No, like, yeah, no. And, and not just her. I mean, it's everybody else. No, too, there's, so. there's a lot of really impressive stuff there. It, yeah. it, it is, indeed, it is like a ball. I mean, there's part of dance. You can eat and everything. But it's it's just like a fancy dress-up party. is Basically, way, and yeah. it's, a, it's a really cool venue. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the only... It, I think if you have a stilt-walking mm-hmm. costume, that's the place to wear it. Because oh, you, yeah. you can get through all the doorways. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching somebody go to the bathroom and stills is probably the most impressive thing I think I've ever seen. It's not you can't not watch because she's in the stall with her stilts all the way up, and she kind of just like bends over, like grabbing on to the end. I just went, "All right, I did. I thought she'd take her stilts off." And she goes, "Oh no, I just keep them on. No problem." I just went, 
I just, wow. I just did a shocked face for those listening. Wow, we're both having shocked faces. I'm trying to imagine this, going like, wow. Yeah, it wasn't jumping stilts. That'd be really difficult. They were jumping stilts. Oh man, just still. Uh, yeah. Oof. All yeah. right. Well, yeah. good to know. Get that mental image out of your head. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what? What? Uh, what's been your most difficult or challenging costume to make? I don't know because I think every one I do, I try to have some kind of new challenge, but then. If I can't make the new challenge, usually I just get a friend to do it for me. There's no shame, but I have. I, sure, I, sh- sure. I should. I should mention actually. I get a lot of help with my costumes, sure. uh, especially with with painting and any kind of um, prop. Mm-hmm. I usually. I'm not very good at that kind of stuff. So uh, my friend Janelle, like I said, she's an amazing artist. She does mm-hmm. all this cool stuff. So she did that. Like the she painted that wooden texture onto my TARDIS parasol and looked. And I think I get more offers. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll give you seventy five dollars for that. And I go, really. The parasol alone, like the blank white, was like thirty-five right. bucks, and she spent like four, like four hours painting it. Uh, so that that's probably a really cool prop. Um, the her universe dress I made ended up being really difficult because it was a series of princess seams with piping in between each one because it's based off of her Queen Amidala's um, probably the the poster, literally the poster uh, costume that she has, mm-hmm. which is just a big long red robe with all these um, uh, with piping going down each seam. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to keep that piping ain't easy, and it's really hard to adjust mm. uh, that kind of, especially when you have piping in there. And then I designed sleeves that I thought would be easy. They ended up being impossible. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, and then I had um, this this yoke, which wasn't too bad trying to figure it out. But the the tailoring that the tailoring skills that were required to make the dress fit onto this yoke were. I didn't realize at the time were just way beyond my mm-hmm. skill team. So my BFF costume fairy godmother Diana Lewis, she's she's incredible. She she helped me out with that a lot. She also um, she made my corset for me too. I have so I just one day really wanted a corset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did I have one? Um, so yeah, she does an amazing corsetry. You've probably seen her at Galley. She's done. Um, she does Idris. She does cat nurse. She's the cat nurse that's not Vicky. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and she does. She has Ace. She does the Sarah Jane with the overalls. Mm-hmm. She has red hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. She has amazing stuff. And her boyfriend, I think she makes all of her costumes for him, too. She's, she makes him a bunch of different... She tailors doctor costumes for him. Really amazing stuff. Yeah, nice. you got you got to see yourself. It's amazing. Nice. No, so, no, I mean, I remember some of it. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm, I'm totally plugging her right now because mm-hmm. she makes such a great... Yeah, she helps me out so much. Mm-hmm. So whenever something looks really awesomely tailored, it's probably her... Uh, this last costume, she didn't help me at all because uh, she's been working too much, and so I did it all by myself. So mm-hmm. there's some things I thought this would look so much better if I had Diana help me with it. But you know, and she's she's kind of my 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 patterning sensei. I would have I would have no idea how to drape mm-hmm. or even the basics of making a pattern from scratch. She taught me everything. So mm-hmm. which so it's hard. Uh, so you do make patterns from scratch now. Yes, but not entirely. Mm-hmm. I mean, with bodices, why would you reinvent the wheel when you have mm-hmm. how many bodice patterns available to you commercially? Not right. not even like the online fancy kind. I mean, simplicity, $1 sales at Joann's. You can mm-hmm. buy some really solid bodice patterns. And I alt them. I alt them a lot. Right. Uh, like Smog, I keep referring to that one. That was my most recent one I just finished. Uh, <clears throat> that was a simplicity... I don't know the number, but it was the Echo Ishioka Snow White pattern. Mm-hmm. Echo Ishioka is my favorite costume designer. God rest, God rest your soul. Uh, and I altered it to have a sweetheart neckline, just because that's what I wanted. And sweetheart necklines, I just they're flattering on a lot of figures. And the sleeves were their Cersei Lannister pattern, pattern, which 
I, I'm going to air quotes Cersei Lannister because it's unlicensed. Uh-huh. Um, that kind of pattern. And mm-hmm. I just, I made it really long. And then I didn't even actually drape it. I just did it all on paper and brain math. Mm-hmm. Uh, I broke it up into one, two, three, four panels plus um, piping in between to look like the bones of a wing. Okay. So it looks, and the I'm drawing it in my in the air, but it's not helping at all. Um, it's really hard to explain. It's probably, we probably just look at a picture. Uh, and can, the uh, I can post a picture. Yes, please post a picture. Um, and the the other end, it has the I guess the arches sort of that goes in, so it looks kind of like how a wing, like a bat wing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. So I did that, but I just used a sleeve just so I can get the general shape and the length of it because. Patterning the part, the the armhole of a sleeve, mm-hmm. is really a precise science, math, art. Yeah, I'm sure. not a fan of doing that. Mm-hmm. I hate sleeves. So, anyway. so you're more more of an alterationist to patterns. Like, do you? Yeah, and you, definitely. And you, just, mm-hmm. and you take advantage mostly of the the Joanne simplicities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I collect. Uh, I, I I take a huge pride in my uh, commercial pattern collection because mm-hmm. sometimes things are a dollar and you got to buy them all. So that works. <laughs> Do you uh, now? How much research do you do into uh, vintage, uh, you know, like fashion when you're doing this? Um, well, it depends on what I'm going for. Uh, my two favorite historical eras for, for historical periods, I should probably say, for for fashion are Tudor and Edwardian. Mm-hmm. Um, that goes to say, I've never actually finished an Edwardian dress before. Okay. <laughs> because I've, I haven't quite figured out how to incorporate it into. Uh, modern meet uh, pop culture costume. I'll, I'll get there. Okay. I'm 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 getting there. I'm, I had a few ideas, but mm-hmm. it ended up just kind of looking like a long, stri- shapeless dress because Edwardian I feel like is really all in the details mm-hmm. in my mind. But mm-hmm. Tudor is very much um, giant, giant freaking skirt, um, at least seven or eight yards, probably with um, knife pleats and cartridge pleats, which I learned how to do with this past costume that I made. Uh, cartridge pleats are unique kinds of pleats because unlike every other one, we kind of just fold it over and then sew it down onto a waistband. Mm-hmm. This one, you actually have to finish the edge of the skirt and the waistband, and you have to hand-stitch it on because it's the the pleat will actually stand up. It's not flat sewn mm-hmm. down like how it would on a kilt, mm-hmm. if, you, if you will. Uh, so <clears throat> one thing that I learned from the simplicity pattern, it mm-hmm. was the, the Tudor simplicity pattern, but I think it's out of print now, but I've just had it for ages and I, I used that one. Um, it just said, well, line the top of your skirt with a plaid or a gingham. Mm-hmm. So that way you can use the print of the fabric to mark your pleats, mm-hmm. which I thought, genius, because I, I watched like two or three different tutorials on YouTube and every single one had like a ruler measuring each one out right, right. so and yeah you basically just string it like you would if you're shearing or ruffling something but it's a precise measure in, in between each one mm-hmm. and that way you get a, a, a an even pleat and then that way and you hand stitch onto the waistband so it stands up all pretty right and when it you flows out to the rest of the skirt it looks really really good and mm. with the the dupioni it, it just worked beautifully it sounds like you do prefer to take a character and kind mm-hmm. of alter it and and kind of put your own spin on it, and obviously instead of a straight recreation, I get that. Mm-hmm. What about something wholly original, not tethered to anything pop culture? Yeah, I have I have a one design that's kind of like that. I've also been trying to think of, I don't know, does historical count as not tied as to pop culture? 
Um, yeah, I'll, I'll count it, assuming you're not going specifically for, like, you know, Queen Elizabeth or something, I guess. I was going to go for Anne Boleyn. Oh, oh okay. Like, very specifically? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Anne Boleyn, the actual human being, mm. not Natalie Dormer, not, uh, uh, Natalie Portman. Right. Uh, nothing movie version, because mm. I'll, I'll be real, the Tudors and the other Boleyn girl are historically inaccurate in a few different ways. Not just story-wise, but also just, You're you know, telling me movies wise. get it wrong? <laughs> yes, <sighs> yes, I'm sorry. Uh, no, she's kind of just one of my favorite historical characters, and I think the whole tale of the Six Wives of Henry VIII are kind of, it's kind of my, one of my favorite stories mm-hmm. in history, um, for both the good and the bad. You know, it's, it's in a lot of ways, it's, it's a horrific story, but... Anne Boleyn's really cool. She's okay. pretty awesome. So I, I always wanted to be her, and I already have my awesome bee necklace that I got for my birthday a few years mm-hmm. ago. Mimi. Mm-hmm. And I can still wear it around to work and stuff because my last name starts with the B. Nice. So it works yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, mm-hmm. I get a comment saying, but your name starts with an H. Mm-hmm. Go, it's my family name, obviously. <laughs> get your facts straight. <laughs> so I definitely want to be her, mm-hmm. uh, but I kind of got my, I got I got a lot of that out of my system when I made this past costume because I realized what I really wanted was just a giant dress with a nice fitted bodice and giant freaking sleeves. Because the cool thing about Tudor is that the bodice is fitted, but the emphasis really, the focus isn't really on the bodice. That didn't really start happening until I think Elizabethan, mm-hmm. whereas the focus is really on these multi-layer sleeves. You have like the four sleeve underneath and everything. And then the, the, the skirt had some, a lot of detail too. And it, so I just, I've always liked that. And you had the cool French hoods, right? You put your hair inside. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you don't have to worry about a wig or anything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. Uh, the other costume I thought about was, um, I don't know. I know a lot of, I've, I've discussed with a few people and they thought we can kind of tether that to being like, like kind of like a D and D character. And maybe it's kind of where I might've gotten an idea. I don't know, but it's sort of a, a fantasy forest adventure kind of character that I thought would be kind of fun if it was sort of like a um maybe Zuko mm-hmm. like it's Prince Zuko but like banished princess kind of look and so the idea was it looked like it was a fancy dress at one point mm-hmm. but you okay. kind of distress it mm-hmm. you cut the skirt off you put like all these cool like leather and kind of different um, accessories on it to make it forest adventurer mm-hmm. kind of look I thought that would be a really cool costume to make and I have all these really pretty uh, princessy kind of fabrics at home that I have zero uses for right, okay. so I thought why not and I have all this leather leather too from my Bastila costume which is just the gift that keeps on giving because you buy half of a cow and an entire deer and you'll just never run out. <laughs> um, well, I mean, maybe if you're like the ma- magic haberdasher, but um, mm-hmm, right. yeah, but I mean, with me, I just, I, I've made two costumes with this leather and I still have plenty left. So. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, cows. Awesome. No, sorry. Well, you know, <laughs> sometimes you need the real thing. I gotta look fabulous sometimes. <laughs> You know what? Uh, you don't seem to wear wigs much in your costumes. A bit. Uh, every time I do, I get help. Mm-hmm. I, I don't do cosmetology at all. I have my friend Crystal, who did my uh, big long braid extension for smog, because I didn't want to do a, a tail on a dress, really. Mm-hmm. So instead of having that on a costume, I thought I wanted to sort of simulate the tail of being a, like a fishtail braid mm-hmm. that goes down, you know, a lot over my shoulder. So that was sort of right. the idea with that. Mm-hmm. With C-3PO, um, my hair was really wasn't going to work because I have, you know, really long, curly brown hair. And mm-hmm. C-3PO is just seen as bright gold, obviously. Right, right, yeah. So uh, my friend Crystal cut this sort of um, asymmetrical, kind of like a Korra in the Tron Legacy. Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. And mm-hmm. it's a blonde wig. Cutest thing ever. I think I got more comments on the wig than I did the costume. 
costume. Like all my friends at work saw them. Like that, that hair is so great. Mm. The costume is cute too. But oh my god, your wig! It was so great. Yeah, and I had a the other the only other really big wig I've ever done was for Rapunzel, uh-huh. 2012. And I had a friend, um, Jackie, help me with that because freaking Rapunzel. It's yeah. kind of an intricate wig. Right. So uh, it, it, it started off as a Godiva wig with like four packs of, of hair extension mm-hmm. and uh, just a bunch of braids all around, kind of like like the milkmaid style yeah. with a bunch of flowers from Moscatels and then just braided a bunch of the extensions and it ended up being, you know, down to the floor and mm-hmm. I was able to hold it kind of like how she holds it in the movie. Right. Uh, the, it wasn't really a, a really thick kind of Cinnabon braid as I, as I like to call it. You know, mm-hmm. how it's huge in the movie. It's, it was pretty thin like how a normal person's hair would be. Right, right. But it was, it was still fine. I mean, I, I was kind of going for an original take on that anyway because mm-hmm. I took I did an original color palette, kind of did some original fabrics just to make it different from the movie which I feel like most Disney princess cosplayers do anyway because... They're so plain looking in the movie, just for mm. I guess. Easy. Well, 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 not so much for the I guess the more recent ones um, mm. that are computer animated, mm. but definitely Snow White, Aurora, Jasmine, all those girls are pretty. Eh, just here, here are your basic colors, and then there's no texture really anything to it. So that's true, yeah. and it's it's nice to add some texture, but I imagine part of it of uh, doing a Disney princess is just really making sure if you want recognizability to really hit the palette and really hit hit the colors right, even if you are adding texture. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, and and you have to. I think about how you, you meet the princesses at at the parks, mm-hmm. and they have beautiful velvets and different types of uh, velvet burnouts and they have um, brocades and all these really cool things that add so much texture and story to it. If you really look closely, they have all these really cool designs that sort of tie into their character. So they're really, really intricate. And so and I, so I think that taking that kind of artistic license is something that a lot of people end up doing just because it's... It gives us something to read in person. Yeah, and, you know, and so. don't get me wrong. I mean, if, you're, if you're Snow White, just plain blue, yellow, red, it still looks lovely. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful costume no matter what you do. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I, I, you know, something that comes up often is uh, practical footwear on a convention floor. Yep. And uh, how do you handle that? I usually wear my Clarks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, if I can't, if I can help it, I'll wear my my super comfy shoes that are just I wear to work every day. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. Uh, I want to do flats, definitely flats with insoles. But um, for my femme doctor, did uh, Converse All Stars, whatever you want to call them, obviously because the doctor you got to do it. Yeah. And put some um, some insoles in that because I think I tried breaking them in one day and my arches. Did, we're not happy with that mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Those are not comfortable shoes to wear. Um, and then, so told. yeah. So when I did uh, when I did C three PO, obviously one of his legs is silver, so you can't just buy like one boot gold, one boot silver. So mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I obviously have to buy white ones and to spray paint them. Mm-hmm. But uh, spray painting and doing any kind of things to boots, you don't want to buy really expensive high end stuff. So I went on Amazon, ordered something from like China, I think. For Twenty-five dollars, right, right, right. <laughs> really, really low quality shoe. Mm-hmm. But you know, it spray painted nicely, and it was like a white plastic, basically. And mm-hmm. so, those again, kind of were not friendly for your feet. But you, you, you start packing stuff inside of them, you can make it a little bit better. Doctor Scholl's, on, mm-hmm. even like the really cheap things mm-hmm. you get from Target, actually work really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to get more expensive, you can go for the like the Super Feet, which. I don't know if you've ever tried those before, but they you do actually have to break them in because they start utilizing muscles that are, would otherwise be atrophied because they basically make your feet more balanced and 
so you distribute your weight better, mm-hmm. that kind of, and so your ankle and your feet, you start using muscles that you don't normally use. It was explained to me once mm-hmm. by a reputable professional, so I'm pretty sure it's true, but sure. yeah. Uh, I mean, I use, I use Dr. Scholl's in some of my boots, so I mm-hmm. know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and I, I also have um, Clark's heels, which they're Clark's, so they're, the padding and all the comfort and the, the width of the heel is made for comfort, but at the end of the day, yeah, it still heals. It's going to hurt after a while. Um, what I really, really don't want to wear are my super high, like, six-inch heels, which I only wear for practicality purposes of having a really, really long hemline, and I just don't want to fall on my face. Right. But I like having really long hemlines because when you stand still, it looks really pretty. Mm. Like, you look at all the pretty couture gowns, and you just think, oh, I love the way that flows. It drives me nuts when you're just standing still and you can see your feet. I only did that on purpose with my femme doctor only because that's how... The doctor's suit was is I the, the him was too short. You can always see his feet kind of sticking out. Mm-hmm. So I thought I did it on purpose, and it drives me nuts. I should have made it longer. I should have done it. I should add some trim or something like that to the bottom, just so I can. I don't know. Okay. Uh, interesting. <laughs> um, uh, <clears throat> cosplay or costuming? Do you think there's a difference in the terms? <clears throat> For. Most people, like if you're a teacher or an engineer, whatever, you used to cosplay a costume on the weekend, mm-hmm. I don't care. The mm-hmm. fact that for me, in my line of work, costuming is a job title, mm-hmm. or costumer is a job title, mm-hmm. I generally say I'm a cosplayer because if I'm a costumer and I tell people you know, at work or other you know, professionals who work in the entertainment industry, they're just like... Really, you are. That's a that's a, yeah. So I just I think that there's a line for people who work in the entertainment industry to mm-hmm. say I cosplayer instead of costumer just because that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Every anybody else, I don't care. I think mm-hmm. it's the same thing to be honest. Mm-hmm. So even, even though the term cosplay didn't seem to you know, take hold to like I don't know early mid two thousands, give or take. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know when I first discovered the generalized hobby of what cosplay is, mm-hmm. it was always called cosplay to me. Mm-hmm. Some people uh, would call them costumers, and i go, oh yeah, I guess you could call it that too, but mm-hmm. in my brain I always just think, that's what, that's what I do for a living. <laughs> so... <laughs> no, yeah, but I mean, what, I mean, I don't remember a distinction until at least past them. I understand, I did research on it, and I guess the term, the term was supposedly coined in 98. But, cosplay? Yeah, okay. but I don't remember it being used until at least 04. Well, do you think there's a difference? Aside from the professional world, um, I mean, I do tend to think of cosplay as fans dressing up at a convention or event or something like that, mm-hmm. and costuming can cover that, but it does tend to, to me, to describe something that's more, uh, as you say, professional. Yeah. Um, you know, or someone who's very serious but making a costume, they're not going to wear it, and you know what I mean. They're trying to learn a craft. They're not trying to show off. Hey, I love Superman. You know. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I get that. So, well. I think, well, they wouldn't really be called a cosplayer if they don't really wear it around. What yeah, did you think? That's true. I Some feel like cosplayer definitely goes in. The, if the is implication you, is you do wear it yourself. You are wearing it. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I know people who make costumes who don't really wear them around. I mean, but at the same time, do you want to call <coughs> Civil War reenactors cosplayers? Well, in, a, in an interesting way, they are. They are. You wouldn't tell They're more like LARPers if you really want to get Yeah, I guess so, right? Really screen ac- historically accurate. Historically <laughs> screen accurate. accurate. No, right. definitely not. Yeah. Um, but I know, yeah, I've heard those things are really intense, though. I know my friend, same friend who I was talking about earlier, Diana, does mm-hmm. the uh, Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. We're in Boston, and 
it's not like um, you know with with like the five hundred first legion or the rebel mm-hmm. yeah, legion, yeah. legion how they have a lot of standards for your costume that has to have that's perfectly fine acceptable. They don't care how you make it that I know of. I don't think mm-hmm. over there you can't you can you can use machine if you can't see the stitch. Anything else it has to be sewn by hand. You have to have the right undergarments. I don't care how you get the you know again like any other costume. I don't care how you get the silhouette. Sometimes you improvise. It's not a true corset. It's like a girdle. Okay, who cares? Mm-hmm. Over there, you have to have all these right things, and yeah, they're it's really intense. So they're all about historical accuracy down to the stitch. Basically, stitch. I got right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you're, <laughs> but you're talking undergarments. I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, except the problem is you're also limited in the fact that. You can't even technically get some of the same fabrics anymore. Well, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. But I think you have to use natural fibers like cottons and linens. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can use polyester. Not that I think you really want to be wearing polyester if you're like he, uh, being a nurse for mm-hmm. the men in July in Boston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true, true. <laughs> but I know, but I know my friend. She definitely um, she wears a full-on corset, but she uses spiral boning, so at least she can move a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, not just whalebone mm. which I think was used back or, or bamboo or some kind of wood I think mm. I don't think I'm pretty sure you can't use whalebone to make corsets anymore mm. I would certainly hope so wow no it's, it's yeah. fascinating I mean <laughs> no I mean it's I, the, the level of detail that goes into it you're right and um wow but I mean they know their stuff yeah so. no, I'm sure they do yeah just as you know we what is it uh, you know just as we dive down the rabbit hole with Doctor Who or superheroes or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Except the thing with that is I feel like the research never fully ends and you think, oh, it's something that's only made in the last 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. It should be pretty well known and we're always discovering some, something, some new detail somewhere. And with the uh, Revolutionary War, the Civil War, I'm sure that research has all been done and it's all very historical. I'm sure you can mm-hmm. go back and actually find those patterns and some of that stuff still exists and so forth. I yeah. feel like I would imagine if you know your stuff, that is like known and it, there's less discoveries to be made. Yeah. But I say that not really diving down that. Maybe yeah. there is. I'm, I'll have to, I should hit up some Civil War reenactors. Yeah. Well, I'm always, curi- I'm always curious, not so much for Civil War, but if you go really, really far back to, mm-hmm. you know, Elizabethan, Tudor, all those things, do you really think that the silhouettes were really that, I guess, um, what's the word I'm thinking about? Distinct? What do you mean? Uh, I, I, the silhouettes, you know, are really, yeah, distinct. Mm-hmm. Very much uh, over, uh, oh my God, Hannah, come on. Exaggerated? Yeah, okay. maybe exaggerated, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was just, do you think it was the art style of the time? Or do you think that's really how it looked? If you think about it, like Queen Elizabeth, she looks so majestic in mm-hmm. every portrait she has. I mean, not so much if she's a teenager, but mm-hmm. uh, so huge. Mm-hmm. And so Elizabethan cosplayers, in turn, are also really big, too. And I don't know if those patterns, again, if they really do exist or not, if those if those papers were done on such fine things that just withered away over time. Mm-hmm. And it was just the art style of the time to look to paint people looking no, like that's, that. No, that's a fair point. I mean, you know... Which you've had it all wrong. <laughs> no, once you get beyond... Once you get before photographs or any surviving yeah. Yeah, garments. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. well, like with Edwardian, yeah, their waists definitely were that small. Mm-hmm. You see those and, oh, God. It's painful. It's like foot binding, but on your waist. And that was just the thing. And, yeah, I'm sure that caused health problems, right? Yep, it mm-hmm. did. <laughs> so did foot binding. But they, they, they were all about, nope, this is the shape. We gotta, yeah. get, we gotta have it. Yeah. Um, so, 
do you like I mean obviously you hop in do you have a favorite uh, genre or, or area of character that you like to stick in obviously you like Doctor Who but mm-hmm. I mean would you say that is where you'd like to like your main thing or would you say uh, it's uh, obviously not Star Wars probably but it is Star Wars, it I, do, is Star Wars? I, I do a lot of Star Wars yeah mm-hmm. um, I, I probably did the most of Star Wars and Doctor Who mm-hmm. uh, probably, probably because those had the biggest communities because I think I do think about the Doctor Who community I think was probably the first one that really welcomed us with open arms and we made most of our con friends through Doctor Who cosplay mm-hmm. and that's probably why I've stuck with it for so long just because it's just so much fun and it's just something that you know people love and it's mm-hmm. something people recognize and you have fun saying oh my god you're Doctor Who oh my god that's so great mm-hmm. and seeing people recognizing each other it's a lot of fun for mm-hmm. me uh, and so that being said I do try to go give myself some variety and also just try to find costumes that I enjoy mm-hmm. um when I when I, I find when I cosplay like sort of like the niche sort of costumes, you'll get five maybe ten people in an entire day who even know what you're supposed to be. But it's still fun. Like right. my, I mentioned earlier, my my Legend of the Seeker, Caitlin Amnell Mother Confessor costume. Mm-hmm. I love that thing. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know who I am because uh, you know syndicated fantasy television that was filmed in New Zealand. You know, uh, on same on, on same lines as like Xena Hercules, right, right, which. Right. Uh, probably have much bigger followings this, this is I think most the most recent one that happened was in 2010 mm-hmm. maybe something mm-hmm. like that um, same thing with my Bastila costume still the most popular Star Wars video game of all time most people don't know who I'm supposed to be so I thought maybe I just didn't do a very good recreation of it I don't know but it's still it's still a fun costume to wear because that's the one that I mm-hmm. it's it's a cotton jumpsuit it's a leather tunic with leather no sorry it's a linen tunic with leather on top it's mm-hmm. it's, well, no, it's, I, it's pretty cool and so I really I really like wearing it but it's there's a different kind of fun I think with different genres depending on you're wearing it just to have a cool costume on versus mm-hmm. you're wearing it to see other people wearing that same genre and making friends and doing that kind of, same kind of thing mm-hmm. so no it makes it makes sense I, I was wondering about it just because um yeah, there's always the temptation. There's always the temptation to do this character means a lot to me. I recognize that this character is not well known, mm-hmm. and partly it's or it's well known in a certain sect of people. And if in what is it, Scott always says, know your audience and know where to know where to wear it, where hopefully you'll get some appreciation. Yeah, or recognize that you know what, there might only be three people here that get this, but I'm gonna make their day. And they get so excited yeah. when they see you, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's why I'm wearing Bastila to the celebration because I thought if anyone's gonna recognize me, yeah. Star Wars celebration, yeah. that's where it's gonna. Happen. Yeah, yeah, no, it's very true. So, very true. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, it, you don't have anything new planned for Comic Con or or uh, if celebration? Uh, not for celebration. Uh, if I do, it all depends on whether or not I get accepted into the second Her Universe mm-hmm. fashion show because I applied for that. And so, if I get into that, what happened last year when when. Uh, I got accepted my entire few months was just making that dress. For right. I didn't make anything else new for Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. So it'll probably end up being the same deal. Mm-hmm. After that, I don't know. I have a few things on my, that would be cool to make mm-hmm. list, mm-hmm. but they never really end up happening. And Lynn is one of them. So is Agent Abigail Brand. I love her. Mm-hmm. And now, I don't know if you, guys, if you, if you saw that um, McCall's has released, or they're going to release, licensed Yaya Han patterns. Mm-hmm. For cosplayers, mm-hmm. which I think is a great step because right now Simplicity is the only one that does all the licensed patterns. They okay. have they have Disney and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and they've I think they're the only ones who really do the the good steampunk patterns and the Game of Thrones type patterns. Mm-hmm. They're really really listening to the whole cosplay movement and knowing that most of their audience year round is what 
is what is what who's who, who's buying them. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not just a Halloween time thing anymore. They come mm-hmm. up with they come out with new costumes all year round every season now. Mm-hmm. So now I think that McCall's finally started paying attention to that mm-hmm. and said we're going to try doing this. So now uh, they're going to be releasing a really nice jump uh, uh, jumpsuit. With like princess scenes and all the the whole shebang, not mm-hmm. just like a unitard. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's it's, so it's probably gonna be really versatile. I can already see how I can alter it. It's, wouldn't be too hard to make for a lot of different superheroes. We can definitely just take the legs and arms off to make like a like a, 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 a leotard type suit kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. I thought I can finally make Asian brand. I'm so excited because I, I my my biggest hurdle with that was how do I pattern a like a really form-fitted kind of like Black Widow type suit. That's Mm -hmm. because that's basically what she wears, but Mm -hmm. with like green piping. Mm -hmm. And the green piping changes like every single scene that she's in. Or every single comic that she's in. It just drives me nuts. But have you ever thought about doing um, other Whedon characters from like Firefly or Buffy or anything like that? Nah. Hmm? (laughs) Not really. Um, I th- ah, screw that, Jocelyn. No, no I, I love his stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I love the Firefly costumes. For a long time, I thought about doing the giant Kaylee poofy dress. Right, yeah. That would be a really fun one to do. But mm-hmm. I thought, practicality-wise, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I wouldn't, probably wouldn't have to really wear a wig for that. Because her hair is just so simple. Kind of just a half mm-hmm. ponytail. And just look like really excited. And it actually the costume actually includes a purse, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. You don't have to make a, one that just matches the costume and sew in pockets somewhere, mm-hmm. which is good. That's only the costume, I think. Well, that and all of Inara's looks. I love Inara's yeah, dresses. They're very, dresses. they're very beautiful, mm-hmm. yeah. I actually have a, a necklace from one of the... Um, ballroom dancers mm-hmm. uh, in the shindig, uh, one of the extras. So that, that's actually the only other screen-accurate piece I own. For, of anything, because it was actually on the screen. Mm-hmm. It's a gold necklace. If you see in the background, there's a girl. She's mostly wearing black, but she has this bright gold necklace on. Mm-hmm. I have that necklace. Nice. Yes. Nice. This guy cool. gave it to me, so I know it's a real thing. <laughs> I, I always circle around. That is, that is very cool. I, yeah. I always circle around to thinking about doing like Mal or something, but I always hold back because, well, one, it, it, it's been a while and so many people have done it. Yeah. And two, uh, simple casting. I just realized, like, I don't think I can pull off really any of those characters. So. Yeah, like, oh. neither do I, but mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've never really let that stop me before, so. Yeah. I don't know. I do love that coat, though. Maybe I just get the coat. Yeah, the coat's pretty nice. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely get what you're saying when it's sort of the overdone yeah. genre, maybe, mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard when you want to put your heart and soul on something to look, make a really cool costume, but then we, when you get to a con, you're kind of just another number. <laughs> yeah. It's sort, of, it's sort of a hard mm-hmm. a hard deal, so. I get that. Yeah, you you want to. It's it's a whole thing. You do want to be passionate about it. it. Should be a character you like and and all yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. It, on the other hand, it it should. You want to try and do something new, challenge you, and something that either has not been seen at all, or has not been seen often, or has not been seen in the particular version or level that you're doing it or whatever. Yeah. And that's you know. what's so fun about original design. I think mm-hmm. is that you see things that yeah, I recognize you, but this is something yeah fun yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's something brand new and people. Appreciate it, right? Which like is, like Vicky doing Tom Beaker with her mother. Oh, I love the Tom Beaker. Mm-hmm. So yep. cute. <laughs> so it, it all works. It all works. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what is the most important thing you've learned in this hobby? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is the meaning of life? Um, no, not uh, the meaning of life. What is the most important thing I've learned in this hobby? Yes. Um, Uh, can I, I can edit this part. Can, out. can I list a few things? Sure. Okay. Um, 
learning to like myself mm-hmm. and how I look in pictures. Mm, yeah, sure. Which like which I realize sounds vain, but it's really a huge so, uh, step for a lot of people in their self-esteem. Yeah. So there's that. Um, it's definitely, it really has changed for me, not just because of, uh, I think be, be in between starting cosplaying and now I've lost like 40 pounds mm-hmm. and I brought, I brought on like 10 more, but forget about that um and so my body type has changed and mm-hmm. so I, I look at myself in pictures that whole thing and I look at my pic- myself in my pictures when I was heavier and it's mm-hmm. sort of a you know I still look pretty good back then and I don't even know where I'm going with this at this point no, it's sort I, of I a what you're saying. self-esteem it's, it's, kind it's of being thing comfortable in your own skin because, yeah and you have to because you're gonna be photographed so much yeah and you're gonna see those photos at some point yeah you don't yeah. have to like being seen but mm-hmm. you have to not mind being yes. seen yeah yes. mm-hmm. um that's a definitely an important thing. Also, just, I guess, <sighs> there really is no one single skill, but it's always just been the making sure every single time I start something new, I always pick something else up that's I've never done before. Mm-hmm. You know, just making sure I'm always improving my skills. My skill set now, as opposed to when I first started, I, I will never pull out my first costume. <laughs> Nobody can see that I made that monstrosity. It's so bad. Sure. Uh, you know, the, the I, I looked at it. A few years back, was cleaning up under my bed, and I just went, how did I think this is how you waistband? Like, there's a safety pin holding it up, which I still do. Don't even get me wrong. I mean, safety mm-hmm. pins are my best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, why would you hook an eye something? You can just safety pin it. Um, <laughs> let's be real. Let's be real. Um, um, I learned a lot about making friends sure. is the whole thing. Uh, sure. Most of my friends now, if I didn't know them from school, I know them from cons. Right. Uh, that's probably in my best friends in the world. I tell them everything. Uh, you know, Emily is my best friend who I've been friends with since we were 11 mm-hmm. from school. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, all my other friends, yeah, we met cosplaying, mm-hmm. that kind of a thing. So I think that's one thing, even if I, in the future, just decide I hate costumes and I never want to do it again. Oh, my God, I'm so over this whole thing. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I'll still have all those friends. Mm-hmm. That's still going to be a lot of fun. I can still look at all the other costumes and have a really great appreciation for how much work goes into it, how much uh, creativity is involved with a certain design or a certain design aspect of something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and I, I even if I don't know how to do something, I still know how much work went into that because I thought I couldn't even do that, but I know what you had to do right. to accomplish that. Like, right, holy right. crap, girl. That's, yeah, so, mm-hmm. and I'll tell somebody that. Like, you hand-beated that whole thing? What? I can't do that. That's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. How long did that even take you? Know, yeah, so it's, yeah, that's, that's part of the fun of it. Um, mm-hmm. I also learned a lot about, well, no, everything else about costuming. I mean, I learned from, like, my mom or professionally, not really so much from the hobby itself. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, things like undergarments and the importance of proper undergarments for certain costumes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people overlook. Uh, yeah, well, a lot of people overlook it because it's, you're not even going to see it. Undergarments are expensive and or hard to make mm-hmm. or hard to, you know, hard to find the right ones like corsets and panniers and boost and, um, yeah, bustiers sometimes, um, uh, bustles, petticoats, bloomers sometimes, smoother suits. People always overlook the smoother suit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah um, dance belts for the love of God, dance belts. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Please wear a dance belt. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Undergarments are always an important thing, I think. And I think one thing when people ask me, like, what's, like, the one cosplay tip you would give somebody, obviously, there's always the obvious of the have fun, do what you love, yeah. all that stuff. One thing I think that most people don't hear is the don't underestimate your undergarments. Yeah. So, sometimes a brown underwear is not going to happen. Sometimes you need a different kind of shaper and just, 
I can go on for a long time. I hear no, I, I yeah, <laughs> I, I hear you. Totally. I get I get really passionate about undergarments, so I, I just go for it. I, that came out wrong. That sounds that, weird. That's but that's almost a phrasing, but it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it well yeah. I mean, if you're if you're something like um, I don't know, like a like Scarlet Witch. Sometimes you can't just wear a bra. You have to have a bustier because you have to have that that line to go underneath your bust correctly, but you also have to have a smoother suit because you don't want to have a line of the lacing and everything on your bustier, and then it's just, mm. it's almost, I've never really worn a superhero costume on that level before, but I almost feel like it's, like, the less you wear, the more you wear in, mm-hmm. a, in a certain way because mm-hmm. you have the skin-tight costume that maybe you're showing a lot of skin, but you still have to make sure you have all your bases covered, mm-hmm. your assets covered, if you will. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's true, and make sure you're trying to get the right body shape. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah, and... I know. I know a lot of uh, girls have tried the uh, multiple bra trick. I've never done it before, but apparently it works. Mm. When you have characters that just have, you know, comic book, video game characters with ridiculous proportions. Mm-hmm. If you try wearing a bra that's your size, mm-hmm. and then wear get another bra that's a size up, mm-hmm. then get another bra that's the next size up, mm-hmm. and then just keep going. Basically, there is no end. Apparently, it it, it will look full and not like you're just stuffing your bra. Interesting. Yeah, I've never tried it before, but I've seen I've seen YouTube tutorials about it, so hmm. we'll see. All right. Yeah, it's not like it's not like um bombshell bras, which I uh, they're okay. I mean, I can go on for there are am I making am I making you make you uncomfortable wait, about this? this? No, no, no. Is this oh, so? You're saying there's, a, there's an actual bra they sell that is supposed to? It is called the bombshell bra mm-hmm. at Victoria's Secret. It mm-hmm. will up you by two cup sizes. No kidding. Yes, kidding. All right. Well, no, yes, I'm serious, but yes. not kidding. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Okay. Um, yeah, it's... So you have you have your standard bra. Mm-hmm. You have the push-up bra. Mm-hmm. Then you got this thing that is like like a... Like the pillow that a ring bearer holds, it's it's a freaking cushion. Mm-hmm. It's it's huge. There's no feeling in it whatsoever, mm-hmm. and it's it's hard to. Uh, they're not very comfortable. Uh, you wouldn't imagine they would be. They're they're not. Um, mm-hmm. But they they do their job. I I definitely wear them uh, when I need to get a good silhouette. Mm-hmm. When I have a fitted bodice with a princess seam kind of thing, because if you have not enough uh, curvage underneath with either your shaper, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's a corset or a girdle or anything like that, mm-hmm. and the bra, that when you don't have that right S line, mm-hmm. it's not gonna, the princess seam doesn't do its job. Mm-hmm. You kinda, It kind of caves in on itself, if you if you will. It's hard to describe. It's easier to show you. But sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, so I use that um, in, in combination with the shaper, and that usually gives you a really good silhouette and makes my waistline look awesome. And it makes me kind of have cleavage, but not really. And I realize that's always a big thing with a lot of cosplayers, which mm-hmm. I get. That's cool. I'm not. I'm not shaming that at all. I think that's awesome. More power to them. Uh, I also like to ask, where do you? What are your favorite resources for getting patterns, materials? Downtown, downtown LA, definitely mm-hmm. downtown LA. Uh, sometimes, uh, like, like I tried making my own penier. Uh, for this last costume, it, the shape wasn't quite quite right for it, so I'm kind of just scrapping it. Yeah. I want to go back and make another one though, because peignets are pretty cool to make. Mm-hmm. Um, so patterns, definitely. I'm a Joann's person. Sometimes Joann's ha- has limits, so I had to go online to find those really intricate historical patterns. Mm-hmm. They're a lot more expensive, but they're worth it. Um, Downtown LA is my go-to for all fabrics. Period. Nowhere else in trims, that kind of thing. Um, there's few good stores for sewing supplies, mm-hmm. but you usually have to go to one of the bigger guys to get them. Um, 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 um. Cool thing about the penier, actually, a really interesting fact that I learned from again Diana. She's my my sensei. Yep. Uh, 
I needed um, petticoat boning to make it. You, you, do you know what a penne is? Mm. It's uh, think like Marie Antoinette, you know, like the big like sideways petticoat kind right. of shape. Okay. It's, it's that thing. Mm-hmm. So I needed petticoat boning, and you can go to uh, like Richard the Thread. Those guys have like the really fancy stuff, but it's it's pretty pricey. But she goes, you know, if you just go to Home Depot or Lowe's, the, in the lumber department, what they use to hold all the lumber together mm-hmm. is half inch wide plastic boning <laughs> that can undergo crazy tension. I don't know if you've ever seen them break it before. It just like snaps open. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I thought, that's awesome. I'll go and try. So I thought, I'll be honest and try to buy it first because they have to sell that kind of binding because yeah. people would probably want to use it for other things, right? Uh-huh. So, I, so I asked this guy in the lumber, lumber department. He goes, oh, no, we actually don't sell that at all. And I thought, okay, can I just have some? You know, and I asked, uh, I asked, uh, Pam before, cause she works at Home Depot. I thought this is, this is a real thing, right? She goes, oh yeah, they usually scrap it afterwards. It's not like they're going to be offended if they, if you, if you ask for it. Mm-hmm. So he cut off, like, I, I almost told him, okay, I'm about five yards or so. I realized <laughs> I probably wouldn't mean much to this guy. Uh, so he cut off like one lumber lot yeah. <laughs> worth. I don't know what the term mm-hmm. is. I have to ask team Tars about that. But, mm-hmm. uh, and I just walked right out with it because they don't want it. They'd say, oh, yeah, it's trash. Just take it. So, yeah, I had to um, dishwash soap it like crazy. Mm-hmm. And I had to sort of burn the edges because the edges were pretty sharp. There were a few pieces that were kind of rough. Mm-hmm. But it worked. You mm-hmm. get some um, you get some uh, bias tape to make the casing for it, stuffed it right in, and it worked beautifully. Hmm. So, free boning. Home Depot. Yeah, bonus. Yeah, I, bonus. I, I, I like the cheap fixes. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know how it would work for uh, corsetry. Probably not very well, I don't think, mm-hmm. um, because it's not really, it's not straight. It's more wobbly. It's more for the yeah. hoop, hoop shapes, because mm-hmm. petticoat boning is different than um, other kind of boning. The everything else boning. <laughs> I don't know. Informational tip. <laughs> uh, what's been your best experience in costume? My best experience in yes. costume? Mm-hmm. Meeting my boyfriend. Nailed it. It's it's I'll be romantic. The, <laughs> no, I've had well yes, yes, that one definitely. But I've <laughs> I know I've had so many great experiences. Uh you know, meeting all my friends. Uh I've never had a chance to meet the person who plays my character while I was dressed as that character. I've never that's never happened to me before. I got really close when mm-hmm. I was Kaylin Umnell, and I met the guy who played the Seeker in Legend of the Seeker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of a big deal. Okay. <laughs> um, so I got a picture with him, mm-hmm. and that, so that was really fun. Um, yeah, I've never really met any of the uh, big stars of Doctor Who in costume hmm. before. So, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not one of the cool kids. I'm not on, I'm not on your wall poster over there. Oh, it's like, I'm glad that, it, <laughs> that happened. Man, that was, that was pulling teeth to get it to happen. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure there's something really obvious I'm just completely forgetting. <laughs> I don't know. Um, do, do, do you have a, a a least favorite or costume mishap moment instead of the other end of the spectrum? Oh, a least favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I have plenty of costumes that I, I feel like are kind of misses mm-hmm. for a, a lot of reasons. Um, either people don't get who I'm even supposed to be, even though I tried to get them to recognize me. Like mm-hmm. A lot of people didn't recognize I was smog. Mm-hmm. They kind of saw, oh, look, a big red dress. That's cool. And moved on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... So that was kind of a miss in my regard. So I, I got a lot of critiques about what I could make it to make it more smoggy, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 
but I don't really consider it to be a bad experience or miss when I don't win anything. Like I was talking, yeah, yeah. Like I was talking about before. Um, mm-hmm. But it's definitely one of the best experiences was probably when I won. Uh, WonderCon was probably a lot of fun just because I think all you guys went and saw me for the yeah, first time, fun. which was which is a blast. And I ended up winning something, which was I think a cherry on top, mm-hmm. getting a wad of cash on stage, and then getting a trophy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then again at, at Comic Con. I won, uh, Debbie Landis gave me an award for mm-hmm. being an innovative costume designer. If you don't know who she is, she did um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Blues Brothers, the Michael Jackson Thriller music video. She's a yeah, big deal. And mm-hmm. she did. Um, she's a, she was a curator for the uh, Academy costume exhibit that was just at LACMA recently. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so she gave me that and telling me that she thought my costume design was innovative and how it was really something spectacular that was I almost cried <laughs> I actually I, I might have cried mm-hmm. it was a really long day I was really tired um, no shame yeah so that was that was that was really really incredible mm-hmm. and I think having those experiences when you see like little kids who see you and start freaking out that's always the coolest I know it's true like yeah. being a Disney princess mm-hmm. that was so much fun I mean I'm not obviously I'm not going to pretend to be the character because I don't really I can't do that um it's still fun to take pictures with them, and then you see kids who obviously have no idea who I am, but I'm just wearing a big dress, because that's just my go-to. I love making big dresses. Mm-hmm. And they just go, can I have a picture with you? And then uh, there was one time at the Her Universe show, because they had a judge winner and an audience winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, afterwards, you're all kind of mingling in the lobby, and then this mom has this like little four-year-old girl probably taking a picture, and then the mom goes, "Just so you know, she really want, she told me to vote for you because she thought you were her fa- she you were her favorite." I <laughs> started crying. So like little interactions, there's just just the innocence behind it. And yeah. They just and I think they probably get more excited than anybody. Else. Oh sure. Like mm-hmm. you can have the fanniest fan boy or girl of all time, and like mm-hmm. but little kids. Man, it's mm. so much fun. Yeah. It's so much fun. It's because yeah. you're, yeah, they're they're really in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And they think you're real. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's great. It's great when it happens, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll keep thinking about a really good moment, because I'm sure there's a really obvious one. What is it? What is it? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I should have sent the questions before Andy. You should have. I would have written them all out. But it's all, it's it all wouldn't have, It wouldn't have been that sincere or candid, though. Oh, right. So. Yeah. It would have felt canned. Is that it? Yeah, candid podcast. That's what mm-hmm. that's what that's what we're going for, right? Yeah, right. Good. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Good. We're back in agreement. Um, <laughs> were we so, out? Were we out of agreement? Yeah, I, that's a quote. Never mind. Um, I quote things that I realize are are very in. That what were you quoting? I was quoting Kids in the Hall. What is that? Oh my god! I feel ancient. <laughs> I feel so ancient. Oh, Bob just aged ten years on the podcast. Thank you. Uh, it's a, it was a comedy Sorry. show. Oh, it's right in front of me. I was, yes. I've been looking at this whole podcast. Yes, it's. Uh, I just pointed my DVD collection. Yes, uh, it's a, it was a comedy <laughs> show with a troop of guys back in the early nineties. You're still young in my eyes, Bob's. Okay. Bob, Bob's Bob, my eyes, Thank Bob. You. Thank you. Can't but, talk. Yes, it's late. It's, uh, it's good stuff. It's it's worth checking. Out. I have no idea if it's on Netflix or anything. But, uh, Watch yes. it. It's on A and E. So says the DVD boxes. A and E Video put it out. Actually, aired, it aired on uh, HBO. Oh, mm-hmm. so it's the, it's the dirty stuff then. Mm, I don't know if I'd say it was dirty. It was weird, but I don't know if I would say it was dirty. Okay. Anyway, specifically, I was quoting from the movie they did <laughs> that they put out in '96 called Brain Candy. So that was so, actually so, in the, so. Then why did you say Kids in the Hall if you're quoting Brain Candy? Because it's from the it it's from Kids in the Hall. <laughs> Kids in the Hall. It's like the ah. Go edit it out. 
It's comedy gold. No, that's getting edited. I'm going to say, who cares? He's in the hall. I'll be like, oh, I'm crushing your head. I'm crushing your head. I'm All right. I would love to do some more Tolkien costumes. Uh, the thing, from the films or just from the books? From the films, because mm-hmm. I think they're beautiful. But the thing is, I have, I, I think. Screen accuracy, as far as the find the screen accurate pieces that actually exist that you can shop for Doctor Who, is one thing. Mm-hmm. Recreating a costume, same thing that goes with uh, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the Amidala costumes are one of my favorite things in the world. And uh, it, when you create something that actually exists, mm-hmm. it's really it's a lot more intimidating than recreating a costume from a video game or a cartoon because you know that thing is real. It's real out there. The way that falls, the way that stitches, the way that fabric looks is that—that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And so, if you do it wrong, it's just—it's gonna look wrong. And then, oh, that's not exactly how it was before. So that's why I'm always so intimidated by it. And I—I mm-hmm. I, the closest I got was making that Amadala dress, mm-hmm. which was completely the wrong material. I know, completely the wrong gold uh, applique design. I know that. Um, fur, I just found some faux, faux fur lining in downtown LA. You know, I know it was all wrong, but it was okay because. Was I making the, that entire costume? No, and I felt okay with that. Mm. Am I saying it's wrong if you want to make the whole costume and do best you can find match, matching? Of course not. It's just mm-hmm. for me, my preferences. I get it's too stressful, and especially with um, with Lord of the Rings, you can see, especially since uh, we had the freaking high frame rate with uh, the Hobbit films, right. you quite literally can see every single seam and every single detail and every detail on the headdresses and all these like metal working and, and, and details and but then there's also things like oh I know exactly where they got those buttons so mm-hmm. it, it's sort of a toss up mm-hmm. and so I, I love the Lord of Rings costume but I thought well who would I even do I love I love Arwen's writing costume mm-hmm. from Fellowship of the Ring mm-hmm. but um, what would really kill it for me is just that strange um, I almost want to call it a netting that lines her collar mm-hmm. that kind of first thing you see and then the other thing is that getting any of the brooches or any kind of metal work you have to basically buy from the Noble Collection and they're just so expensive so it's sort of a uh, is it licensed? yeah oh. it's licensed so yeah. I mean you can probably buy some kind of cheap knockoff through China I'm sure you can but yep 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 licensed things are usually good to do because they're legal and things yeah. like that yeah <laughs> so. true 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 sure. don't pirate kids and uh, yeah, where where do you where do you cut the corner on the costume to keep it in budget or keep it on time? Yada yada yada. Oh yeah, well yeah. For me, and, and the funny thing is, because I you know I work in project management, I'm so good at it when I'm at work. Mm-hmm. When I'm doing it as a hobby, I try, but I just go, eh. The costume has to get done one way or another. Let's just keep spinning. Let's just keep doing stuff. So it's uh, sometimes I I hold off for a little while. But the mm-hmm. problem with that, problem is, I think if I hold off. I kind of just look at it sitting there for a few weeks, and I kind of just get tired of it, and I never really want to finish it. Cause mm-hmm. I'm just, or rather, or I finish it, I'll get tired of it just after wearing it once. Because mm-hmm. I just, you know, my brain, that's how it works. I get tired of things really quickly. Okay. Um, so, I usually can knock out a costume in about a month or so, mm-hmm. usually. Uh, and, and that's a month of weekends and, you know, kind of doing little things here and there after work. Mm-hmm. Um I wouldn't want to spend more than 500 on a costume, mm-hmm. probably. And that's usually not all at once. Uh, fabric is usually the biggest, bulkiest thing. Right. But you can usually get a good deal with it in downtown LA if you buy, um, if you know where to shop and, you know, get, get it, negotiate just a little bit. What I find the biggest uh, 
thing that sneaks up on you are trims and notions. Yeah, sure. Trims are really expensive. Mm -hmm. um, there are some things we found that I really love, but it's $20 a yard. Uh, and I can't begrudge them because you know, if you buy a few yards and they'll give you a little bit of a better, of a better deal, but at the same time, you're still you're supporting a small business. Mm -hmm. If you find on Etsy, you find in downtown LA. And I thought, it's the economy. It's, it's That's how I justify it. So, economy, everybody. Keep cosplaying. Mm -hmm. no. You know? Mm -hmm. So, that's those are usually the things that sneak up on me. I think I'm doing really, really well. Or And then I have to buy something like, like shoes. Mm -hmm. Like Femme Doctor, I had to buy those shoes specifically for that costume. Mm -hmm. Had to buy that parasol, mm -hmm. um, which was hard to find because I had to take paint. And so, it couldn't be the... the um, I think they're mostly made out of vinyl, I right. think. Uh, I had to find one that was polyester. So, it would take pain. That was that was pretty pricey, mm -hmm. and it was pagoda style because I really wanted the pagoda style umbrella just because it's it's a TARDIS. You want to have that 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 curve on there because I think mm -hmm. if, if it was just a standard uh, umbrella, it might not have the same magic when you have the police public call box going around the edges right. of it. Yeah, um, I know what you mean by negotiating for fabrics downtown. Um, actually, I, I just did it for some shirt fabrics actually last week, um, but. Uh, my favorite is you found, like, the best stuff ever down there, mm -hmm. and you picked up a bunch of it, and then for whatever reason, you got to fix something. Maybe somebody asked you to make a copy of that one thing or whatever. You go back from where that fabric, and it's gone. And so now you got to do your best to try to find the best match, and you usually find something that'll work, but it's never as mm -hmm. good as that first stuff. And you're like, Arr. Um, I hate that. That's my least favorite. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough, but at the same time, if you are really really nice mm -hmm. and you offer to buy a lot, usually they'll say, "Well, we're going to order some more anyway, mm -hmm. just to re keep keep our stock going." Mm -hmm. Yeah, that 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 they'll alert you or just keep coming back until they have it back in again. If you talk to them, it, one thing I found that's really important to be successful in downtown LA is building relationships. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, yeah, there's definitely some lady, uh, a few ladies that give me some, at least they say, I don't know, but we talk a lot. Like, she goes, oh, hey, how are you, honey? How's your mom? That kind of a thing. And, and uh, I buy a lot from them from work, too, so it's not just I'm just buying from them. I buy I buy from them a lot, basically, because mm -hmm. I both leisurely and professionally. Mm -hmm. So, and you also, that's also important to do because you learn who really is screwing you over. There was one guy who, I made a really long Facebook post about this. I don't know if you ever saw it. Um, there's one guy who... I don't know if I should say his name. That's, that's kind of tasteless. Or the store. Again, kind of tasteless because it's like it's his store. It's him who okay. like runs it. You know. Right. Um, <clears throat> he's on Ninth between Wall and Maple. Uh, he sells a lot of plastics, like plastic yardage. Yardage. Mm. That was a bottle. Sorry. Um, and uh, I needed something that he quoted me to see. Okay, that's that's thirty five dollars a yard. And I thought, okay, that's it's pricey, but it's fine. It's like the plastic that you can't really find anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And so I gave it a swatch to get um, approval first because I was buying it for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so I come back, and I said, I only need a couple of yards. Can you just cut these two yards for me? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. He cuts it. Oh, you know what? I'm so sorry. I just realized this is $55 a yard, not 35 he really tried pulling that on me. I just mm -hmm. went, uh, really? And I said, no, you told me 35. I had it written down. Mm -hmm. He goes, whose writing is this? It's my writing. I wrote it down. When you, well, I didn't write this. No, you didn't. You told me that. And, I, and then as you were cutting it, you told me it was 35. No, needless to say, I got out of there at $35 a yard because right. hand hard don't take that crap. Right, but right. It, it, I couldn't believe that he tried to screw me over like that. Before, he once tried to tell me that um, polyester was cotton. That was good. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Nice. Really? Uh It's kind of important when you're buying dyes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and there was something else he did. Basically, I'm done with that guy. Mm -hmm. He's just, whatever. But uh, the guys who work at Journal are awesome. They have a really awesome uh, uh, velvet burnout that's a really unique design that I think they're the only ones I've ever found who, who carry it that kind of go back from form. They have really good silks and they have really good if you're into if you want if you really want to make something out of silk. But they also have really good polyesters of the same design of the same uh, fiber content but just mm-hmm. the poly versions. Uh, wall fabric is also one of my favorites. Um, that's uh, Sandra. She's the sweetest lady ever. She's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Like she's like the bundle bundle of sunshine. She's great. Uh, there's Fiesta Fabrics, who's really good for um, if you have like crazy sequining needs. Mm-hmm. Probably they're your best bet. And they're pretty reasonable too. That's where I got my um, my sequin yardage for smog because if you buy, you know, most sequin yardage you find is the really really densely packed sequin. Yeah. It's really heavy. Mm-hmm. These guys had um, it was actually like a, a lace netting type that had sequins on top and so you can just line it with satin and it's really lightweight. It ended up being really heavy just because I, I use a lot of it but it, it's when you're just holding it, mm-hmm. it has a nice hand. So they have cool stuff too. And then as far as uh, trims and notions go, um, I love Trim Expo on Maple and I love Target Trim. Yeah, uh, they're, they're probably the biggest one down there. Um, you can't go wrong with Bohemian when you or uh, Bead Factory. I think they go by both names. They have all the good rhinestones, mm-hmm. both hot fix and uh, glue on. Um, there's um, there's two leather places that I go to. There's United United Leather, and then there's the scary places right underneath the ten. Or is that United Leather? There's a scary leather place. It's a scary building underneath the 10 freeway. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's kind of freaky, but it's really shady. Mm-hmm. But they have the best leather selection. Mm-hmm. That's where I got my cow hide and my deer hide for like $140. Hmm. Yeah, and it's that was years ago and it's still, still going strong. So strong. Those, are my, those are my shopping places. Mm-hmm. That's where I like to go. And there's also... Um, I There's Michael Levine's. Uh, I wouldn't really recommend starting there. I know a lot of people go there and just go in and out. But they don't have the really... I, at least in my findings, they don't have the really cool, unique things that you're not that you're gonna find in the, the kind of uh, smaller shops. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have more of the they're good for basics. I feel. Oh yeah. Uh, but they also they also don't, they don't really negotiate their prices very uh, no. well. Well, they're more like a, it's more like going to a nicer. I shouldn't say nicer. Um, I prefer it to Joanne's, but I feel like it's tight. It's a Joanne type place. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a like a department store yeah. like kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've I've had some really uh, some rough times with them. Um, how they do their business so oh. mm. long story short there was this one time something was on back order and it was $20 a yard and then I was like okay that's fine it comes back and I, I paid for it yeah. <laughs> oh now it's $25 a yard you owe us 20 more dollars I went uh-huh. really <laughs> that's great yeah mm-hmm. this guy's a shady it might have I don't know uh, I, 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 I know uh, what was it I heard about a story of um Oh, a friend. I want to say this is Mal. I feel like it was Mal. It might not have been Mal, but uh, yeah, they were there getting, dead, trying to get some fabric, and uh, they they had the bolt there. They were waiting, and uh, and there was a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, they start cutting their bolt, and uh-huh. for somebody else, and they're like, no, 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 this was that ours. Was, that was on hold, yeah. And they're like, whoa, and then so it's already cut. So the other person walked off with it. Now they don't have enough of their project. <sighs> And it became this huge thing, and I, I don't know what happened, how they solved it, if they managed to find another bolt or something, yeah. but it's one of those things where I'm like, oh. but, uh, yeah, on the plus side, when I was in my big Joker hunt last year, mm-hmm. and I was desperate, and I had to find it in literally two weeks. 
I had to find an appropriate wool in that just right shade of not pink, but kind of a violet purple, but a very reddish violet. Yeah. God, that was killing me. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I couldn't find anything good until I went to Levine's, and they luckily had, like, the perfect stuff, so. I, I, I think I found things from them before, mm-hmm. uh, mostly for work, not so much for my own personal sure. uh, needs. Again, because they're too pricey. Like, like think places like, um, just speaking of, like ISW, mm-hmm. and if you've been to uh, International Silks and Woolens. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they have the most beautiful selections, but I, I've never shopped there on my own accord because I can't afford it. Uh, same thing with mood. I can't afford to shop there either, but I thought, well, if, I have, if I'm shopping for work, I, I try not to just because I try to be uh, as responsible as I can, but sometimes you need things, and they're quite literally the only people in L.A. who have them, so... Yeah. You gotta, yeah. I Been I know, there. yeah, Mood also offers all those uh, free sewing classes, which mm-hmm. I signed up for one of their advanced sewing classes once because I didn't want to go straight into advanced, but the way they were describing beginners and intermediate and advanced, I thought, well, I already know how to read a pattern and thread a bobbin and do all those things, mm-hmm. so I figured. But uh, scheduling just didn't work out. I never got to it. But they also have things like uh, couture sewing techniques, which mm-hmm. I thought would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um which I don't even know what couture sewing techniques are. I would imagine it's like a really fancy version of a catch or herring stitch. Mm-hmm. Like they make you make the invisible uh, hemline. I don't know if you know how to do that. It's, it's, they're, they're fun. Mm-hmm. I, like, I'm, I, I like doing them. Because it's a stitch on one side, it's invisible on the other side. Yeah, yeah. You just catch a little bit of the warp and then just... Yeah, the warp and the weft. You know the... Okay, cool. Wasn't sure if you knew what that was. Okay. Uh, no, I, um, I, I always find it interesting that um, these, these places are, uh, as, they, as I say, sometimes uh, you think, oh, that's the place where I can get this, and sometimes it is, and other times you go back and it's gone. Mm-hmm. The second thing that gets me is um, you're looking for something that you think is very basic. Yeah. And, oh, I know. And you find that actually there's really only like one store that has it, and you do have to do the store hunt to find it. Yeah. Um, uh, when we needed a, a hoop for a, um, uh, an Emma Peel belt, uh, mm-hmm. Just to find the right hoop and the right color and the right thing, I think I ended up getting it from. Um, Mood had a version, but it was expensive. I finally found one in downtown LA, but those are the only two places that had it. You think, oh, it's it's a yeah. it's a hoop. Everyone's yeah. got that now. Well, yeah, and to build off of that, sometimes I have my list of all the things I need to get for a costume, mm-hmm. and I think, well, this thing obviously has to be like the printed brocade, something really specific. I'll look for that last because obviously finding the basics is going to be the easiest part first. But then, as it turns out, find out brocade that you had so vividly imagine in your brain you thought oh there it is right there try finding a solid to match it perfectly it doesn't exist you know Mm -hmm. it's just solids man yep solids Mm -hmm. ellie alex is pretty good for solids i find but again he doesn't negotiate and he has a million signs everywhere saying (laughs) saying like a ten dollar minimum for to use a credit card like i don't he's he's the one with you walk inside i know the store yeah yeah. and he goes hello welcome Mm -hmm. i hate that doorbell uh, Target Trim has it too. Mm-hmm. Me crazy. Mm-hmm. Me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Good deals in there, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's good for yeah. Like I said, basics. Uh, go, I go. I usually go for him for lining because mm-hmm. uh, he has some pretty good color variations just for the polycotton linings mm-hmm. and the really really cheapy stuff. It's like a dollar in the yard, which I can't stand against my skin. Mm-hmm. It feels awful. Sure, sure. So I get it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. So. Um, I've run through my questions. Anything else that you want to cover? Hmm, I, no, I think we're good. I, I can't think of anything. 
just want to make sure it's like no we, we just keep there's talking this, there's Why this did... one question that there's this one costume there's um, this one event there's this one person i hate i don't know what? oh oh can i talk about like some of like my favorite masquerade performances versus like some of the ones that maybe didn't quite hit for both myself and for others because i i really feel like that's a cool thing to talk about okay so favorite masquerade skit I mean, granted, there, there have been a whole bunch, but the one that really sticks out in my memory is WonderCon 2011, mm-hmm. uh, San Francisco. This is a shout-out to my Tardis girls, because we talk about this guy a lot sometimes. Okay. A lot sometimes. Interesting. You know what I mean. Okay, so he was, he was uh, announced as Mark Antony. Okay. He comes out, and it's not, for, so far as we can tell, it wasn't like the Shakespearean character, mm-hmm. wasn't a reference to anything else. It was just a historical cosplay. Mm-hmm. He comes out to the uh, the Xena theme song. Mm-hmm. It just has a shield and his sword and just starts swinging it around on stage. You know, and he's so passionate and so into it, and we're just like, who is this guy? He was, and I don't even know why, but uh-huh. to this day, that is definitely one of the most memorable. I, I couldn't tell you any other skit that happened at WonderCon 2011 except uh-huh. for his. Uh-huh. That was the great. That was awesome. I loved it. But then you also have the guys who don't even have music, yeah. have nothing, just walk out, stand, and then walk right off. Right. So, Very I want. I want. I want to get Mark Antony in there. I, I, I hear it, you. It was, a, it was a really good skit. And but then you also have the ones that are pre-recorded and sure. sound edited which I can't do I had to have I, my friend Caroline did my um, smog track for the last one it had dialogue in it which was a really big step for me which mm-hmm. never happened before because mm-hmm. usually I go out and I just kind of wing it because oh, there's music playing I'll time it out to about, be about 45 seconds in my brain because to me for a single entry I feel like 45 seconds is enough oh yeah uh, I know you're allowed to, for at least for WonderCon and Comic Con you're allowed to have a minute and a half mm-hmm. but I don't think you should take it because you see your costume, you do all the gimmicks with it. I'm just gonna keep standing here and acting out until my music runs out. That's just too much, and, yeah. you, and you, I think the audience get really bored with you really fast. True, so, unless you have an actual narrative sketch going on. But even then, no, you know, you know that can that can go really wrong. Well, sometimes. It, I'm saying it's something to sustain it. You oh, know yeah, I mean? yeah, not yeah. just standing there. That there's actually, or yeah. you, if you just have pure dialogue and nothing happens. Uh, yeah, you're, you're standing there and lip syncing, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think uh, lip syncing, what I found was kind of hit and miss. I I tried really hard not to lip sync to my track because mm-hmm. picture, you know, a, a five nine girl in a dress being a Benedict Cumberbatch uh, smog yeah, voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just uh, I don't know. Um, I, at the very end of my sketch, because I wanted to end with the "You will burn," and then the lights go out. Mm-hmm. So I was just so I guess I was just really caught in the moment. I actually lip synced to that part, okay. and I felt stupid afterwards. And then, uh, and then of course, <laughs> the lights it was a little bit of a delay. I kind of did my close the hand, and then the lights went off. <laughs> so, oh well, yeah. <laughs> it was fine. It, it worked out. So trust me, I know that, about it. Yeah. So I think I think my best uh, sketch experience was probably when I did my femme doctor, only because I think I had music. In my brain, I, I had two different gags, mm-hmm. if you will. I had I had my parasol reveal, and I had mm-hmm. my 3D glasses reveal. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of just doing my whole thing, and I kind of just curtsied to the to the MC. And that's why I thought, I, and I, I covered all my bases. Yeah. At least with um, with the most recent one I did, I had, uh, of course, cover the, the corners of the stage, like you really should be doing, because you have the audience all over the place. Mm-hmm. You have to have at least a few seconds where you show in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, I showed off my wings. You know, you open up the skirt. Um, 
I yeah it, yeah I really should have had Arkenstone, huh? There actually was another smog in mm. that in that competition. She did a beautiful dress. She mm. hers was completely different. It, mm. it wasn't like we we're like butting heads or anything because sure. we we had completely different uh, ideas. She just basically did like a it's uh, similar to an evening gown, but she made the whole thing out of scale mail. Mm. So the whole thing just jingled and it was it was really cool. But she mm. had this like giant kind of like a giant diamond necklace sort of thing going wow, on. Okay, and that was her Arkenstone. So mm. I thought. If I did something bigger, but then it would weigh the skirt down because mm-hmm. of the petticoat underneath. It's just hoops and crinoline, and it can only hold so much. You can't put a rock on it. Mm-hmm. Got to think about this. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe like tinfoil or something. Um, I do remember watching uh, The Masquerade You Were In as, as Femme Doctor in 2013. Yep. I do remember watching that, and because I don't actually often watch masquerades unless I'm in them and I'm watching them from backstage. Yeah. Um, and uh, and actually, when I say that, it's mostly Gallifrey, and, and that's a whole other ball of wax because that's, you know, um, often we were doing exhibition only, yada yada yada. But well, yeah, they have a very different. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll we'll go down in a second. Continue your story. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The thing that got me was it was um, it was very fascinating to see from an audience perspective what worked. And what didn't work. And granted, most of the time you yeah. have single entries. And yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with just coming on stage and showing it off. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Short and sweet. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But it's fascinating to see the ones where... Um, and sometimes you're just dealing with, you know, an audio cue misfire or something. But, like, there were others where... A big where, sphere. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but there were some that were, like, action-based with cool choreography. Yeah. And there were some that were comedy-based. And there were some where it felt like they just really wanted to reenact their favorite scene. Yeah. And I felt like... That's tough unless it's a short scene, because you know, or people just love that scene. Mm-hmm. But I remember there was a Batman one that went on way too long. Yeah. And uh, I remember there was the one that was like the web series ad that totally didn't. Oh, work. what was that? Yeah, I didn't hit. It was about, I remember I, that. I, yeah. Yeah, it was a coffee-related. Yeah. Well, I know um, my friends. They did. Uh, they ended up winning best presentation. They did. I think they actually more reenacted the trailer mm-hmm. for Bioshock Infinite. That's right. Yeah. Because there was dialogue between the characters. Mm-hmm. It was a scene. Mm-hmm. But it was abridged, which right. made it work for a masquerade. Right. So, um, yeah, and I think that's what, and then uh, that's probably what you're probably more thinking of. Because mm-hmm. I think if you do a full scene, it might be a little bit too much. Yeah. For Because I think with time limits, you get more time if you have more people. Right. But, yeah. I know one of my favorites that year also was the um, the G.I. Joe um, was that the Snake with, Eyes and Storm Shadow? Yeah, yeah they, they were, yeah, uh, yeah, he, um, yeah, that, that was, uh, Michael. We ended up being, we added each other on Facebook because he was a really cool guy. We were talking mm-hmm. backstage. Uh, yeah, they did the really, really cool action sequences and he also does, like, like Fire Lord Ozai and he does Sith Lords and mm-hmm. he does all this cool, like, choreography and stuff. I just went, we, good for him for having another hobby mm-hmm. and being able to do, like, six foot high kicks and be able to incorporate into cosplay and yeah, making yeah. everybody, like, freak out. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. Right, right. Yeah, but, uh, but back to what you're saying, though, about, uh, the different, um, I guess the uh, formulas for how they do the masquerades because mm-hmm. for some I've done one where it, there's just the first second third place mm-hmm. and nothing and it's, everyone's all in one pool um, for the bigger ones that I've done like at, at WonderCon and Comic Con those are the um, again everyone's all in one pool mm-hmm. and there's just uh, I don't think you can have a showcase entry unless it's just you have one costume in the in the entry entering and then everything else is just part of the showcase just to make it a good a cool skit mm-hmm. um but they have uh, 
Best in Show, Judge's Choice, Best Original, Best, original, best Recreation, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Plus all the sponsored prizes. Right. Um, with with things like the, I saw the ALA Masquerade, and I, I know Galley does it the same way. Is they have they have um, the Journeyman. Right? Yeah. And they have, I think, is there Journeyman Master Novice? Novice, yeah. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. I think, and then, I've never done the Galley Masquerade, so I don't know. Because the only costume I could really do Galley Masquerade in would be my Femme Doctor, which mm-hmm. I know everyone's seen a million times there, mm-hmm. so, I mean, who would care? So, which is why I haven't done it, so I have to, you know, think of the audience in that case, so. I, no, I hear you. Yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah, in, in that case, yeah, they're trying to cover their bases for different skill levels. Uh, there's usually some kind of best young fan for the kids. Yeah. And um, and and often what will happen is the judges just happen to really like one costume. They know that this one does should win by sheer workmanship or whatever, mm-hmm. but they want to give a recognition to this other one, so they'll like invent an award to give that other person. Do they do they judge based on workmanship or design or spirit? Uh, th- there's two different levels, yeah. So there's a workmanship and there's a presentation. I, I mean, when I judged this year, I was a presentation judge. I wasn't a workmanship judge. That, see, that's smart. You mm-hmm. give different judges different jobs. Yeah. I know uh, there was there's usually one workmanship judge who gives like who has the pre, who does the prejudging mm-hmm. um, for that kind of a thing who usually has experience and knows what he or she is talking about, of course. Mm-hmm. But then you also have, you know, different types of pop culture figures doing judging too, which I think is still perfectly acceptable because they still know what costumes are and what good presentations are. So yeah. I think that's cool. With um, her universe, it was based solely on design, mm-hmm. nothing else. Uh, so I think when I went, I went to their panel last weekend, and they were talking about the the person who ended up winning the judges' uh, prize won that because of every single small detail that they saw, like mostly in prejudging. Mm-hmm. So, because it was, um, I think they call it Great Skirt Marty. It was supposed to be. It's like basically a dress version of of the DeLorean. Right. So really, really cute mm-hmm. uh, outfit, and I feel like she, yeah, she basically just got everything you can possibly think of inside and outside of that car somewhere on that outfit even though you really didn't see it all immediately so i think that was kind of a, a cool aspect right what, what i heard from the uh champion cosplay championship championship i don't know what it's called the one they have at c2e2 mm-hmm. uh i almost entered it this year but just didn't make the deadline my costume wasn't done in time because you have to have um by like the 20th like march 20th you have to have full finished costume yeah to send pictures of it mm-hmm. um whereas a lot of them if you have production shots it's usually sufficient to sign up right i think they're basically mostly just uh, based on workmanship and alone mm-hmm. no pizzazz no nothing right, no right, no right. yeah no pizzazz no design just mm-hmm. just workmanship how well did you make it which mm-hmm. is, to me is the most intimidating actually because mm-hmm. then you have people like looking at your seams and looking mm-hmm. how you lined it yeah, and yeah. i mean yeah i I'll be the first one to admit, you know, my, my costume's on the inside. If you can cheat lining, <laughs> I do it. I mean, it's lined, but I don't close it very pretty because mm-hmm. who's going to look in there anyway except for me? Right, so right. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's so much extra time. I mean, yeah, I could probably tailor things nicely, but <laughs> I no patience for that. Mm-hmm. No patience for that. Okay. <laughs> what would your mom say? Come on. Oh, she'd do the same thing. Don't worry about it. All right. We're all about efficiency. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty on the outside. That's all we care about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> okay, uh, where can people find you online? Hanhar's Wardrobe. H-A-N-H-A-R. Apostrophe S. Wardrobe. <laughs> On Twitter, I am at H-L Black. On the Tumblr machine, I am Canary Black. 
one word. Kind of a play on words. So I, for a long time, I liked Black Canary. My last name's Black, so we ended up working out, just I, switching over. You it. got it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, Han Har just is a nickname of mine. A mm-hmm. uh, pretty common nickname. I I don't think there's anybody who just knows me as Han Har, so mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel a need to like you know clarify that. Um, <laughs> I'd be really concerned if there was. Okay. Um, it's a it's a name of a Wookiee in the second Knights of the Old Republic video game. Mm-hmm. He was he actually spelled it with two R's, mm-hmm. but my I spelled one R. Mm-hmm. I'm original. Okay. Um, my brother when he was like twelve or thirteen or so started calling me that because sometimes he just called me Han mm-hmm. Han Han mm-hmm. Han Har mm-hmm. started happening. Emily heard it one day, totally caught on. She yeah. told all of our friends. Everyone mm-hmm. loved it. And then so and now sometimes at cons I introduce myself as Han Har. Unless it's Comic Con where my name has to be on it, I'll just write Hanhar on my badge. Right. Um, I tell people at Starbucks sometimes my name's Hanhar because they'll more likely get that right than Hannah because they'll just write down Anna with Hanhar. At least they'll ask me how to spell it. Yeah. Uh, one time somebody at Starbucks told me it was a pretty name. I laughed really hard. <laughs> Hanhar is a pretty name. Yeah. Right. But yeah. So Hanhar. <laughs> Duly noted. That's where you find me online. You can edit that part out. I know it's kind of a no, tangent. No, no. That's good to know. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, then, um, I think that's it. Any final thoughts? I like costumes. As do I. All right. Well, then, with that, uh, thank you for being on. Of course. Thank you for having me. And we'll be back next week with more Shop Talk here on Costume Station Zero.